This week's show is brought to you by Miracle Made. Alright, now you guys, Brad and Alex, you know I like a lot of things, but I'm going to reveal a little bit about myself here. I really like sleeping. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm like, it's, oh, yeah. A, it's in my top three. Of it's a great I thing enjoy. to do. Wait, hang on. Eating, sleeping, and? Sleeping. Again. Okay. It's, All right. it's it's mostly sleeping, then eating, then sleeping Got again. Got it, yes. Got sleep, it. get up, eat, then you get back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. If I could eat while I'm sleeping, I would probably do that, too. Sleep, eat, sleep, repeat. Got it. Yes. And luckily for me, Miracle Made has sheets just for me. Because did you know that traditional bed sheets can harbor more bacteria than a toilet seat? And I'll tell you what I don't like, sleeping on a damn toilet seat. I would rather sleep in some nice sheets. I don't know, man. Have you tried it? Unfortunately, yes. And it's not my style. I won't ask you to elaborate. (laughs) Inspired by those punks at NASA, Miracle Made uses silver-infused fabrics and makes temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. It has self-cooling properties. The sheets that are infused with this silver prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets, and no more gross odors. Only the best odors in my sheets. You can go to trymiracle.com slash nextlander to try Miracle Made Sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo nextlander at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to miracle.com slash nextlander and use the code nextlander to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash nextlander to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Next Lander podcast. Great to see everybody. Great to see you here. No, good to see you here. Boy, they're just letting anybody in here these days, aren't they? Oh, man. I did not expect to see you here. Uh, Hey, 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 you. How the fuck did you get in here? Get Get the the fuck out. Get Get the fuck out. Get out of here. We don't use that kind of language in here, but you do need to leave. You do need to. You do. Hey. Hey. Hey, what's going on? (laughs) I'm just fucking with you. Uh, Come on. Bring it in. Bring it in. Look at it. No, you got to go, though. Um. Alex hey, and just, Brad. I'm just busting bulls. Mm. <laughs> hey, what is this? What'd you bring? Another another cake, huh? Great. Another cheesecake. Oh, fantastic. Mm. You know, I love them. No such uh, thing as too much cheesecake. That is it's true. For damn sure. Unless it's it ricotta true. cheesecake, in which case, get uh, out of here! Wait, really? Uh, um, I don't like ricotta cheesecake. I like, um, just give me a hunk of cream cheese that you are somehow calling a cake. <laughs> yes, I agree with that. Sprinkle some crumbs of crust on the top and just go with it. Yes, if you want to tell me this cream cheese with pie crust on it is a cake, more power to you. I'm ready to go. Uh, Brad and Alex, how are you? Hmm. All right. Okay. All right. Yeah. Fit yeah. Well. I'm Great. Fine. Well. How uh, are you? 
I am. Uh, it, it reminds me, my wife, who is uh, uh, sometimes a stickler for the grammar, were will has since my children were born tried to enforce the. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing, doing well. Good. Doing well. I, you, you do I, good. You you are yes, doing well. I right? am good. I yeah. am doing well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um uh so you know yeah like you do good in the world you do well as a person right uh and uh, where now, did, how does uh, how does I might kind of like fit in I, there is that is that all right no nah, it's I uh it's I okay so my now my kid my daughter in particular you know the goth uh mm. will will just dead <laughs> you accepted this I appreciate that <laughs> dead, boy dead. that's. <laughs> That's a that's a ramble cast callback. People <laughs> with that show are going to be very confused. Uh, will dead eye stare her and go, "I'm good," and just just to make her boy, uh, yeah, that's yeah. just like some full on Wednesday Adams. Yeah, yeah, no outward emotion whatsoever. Just I'm like, good. Just Has she one. seen the Adams Family movies yet? Uh, it's weird too because she gets that like strip of light across <laughs> just her oh, eyes. Oh, the Morticia it, thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's very funny. Hello, Father. I'm going to satisfy my social <laughs> obligations to you yeah. to the to the minimum I can get away with, and then get out of my face. So uh, my wife has just given up on that part. I mean, she knows that she has at least understands now that she's doing it intentionally because she knows the one that my mom, my mom, my wife wants to hear, uh, and it's like I'm good. You're okay. what? Good. I, I want to get into some of your household rules. Like, okay, all mm-hmm. right, one word or two. All right is one word, one L, right? Okay. Yeah, that's how yeah. I always write it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it could go either way. All right. Are you? Either is are acceptable. You, are you enforcing the farther further dichotomy? Nope. Uh, okay. I just uh, I I am no ground to stand on. I don't think I say either correctly. So. Okay. All right. Bottom. Do you ever Bottom. correct less to fewer? Yes, every single time. That okay. is that is actually one of my wife's pet peeves. So she will constantly be like is it a countable thing or can you enumerate it or is it a, a mass of things and like be like oh my gosh she'll do it with like raindrops be like oh there are like fewer raindrops on here there are like less rain fewer raindrops and be like this is i gotta i, gotta <laughs> I can respect this yeah yeah, yeah. Level of obsessive detail. <laughs> yeah. Look, I used to be a writer. I get yeah, it. Totally. I had a copy editor. Yes. Yes. Do you know how many do you know how many track changes Word docs came back from the copy editing department that I had to go through? Uh, it's something that she, she, I appreciated when we first started dating that she would, you know, I learned a lot about who and whom. I learned mm-hmm. a lot about uh, uh, fewer and less than or right. few, fewer and uh, uh, less. Uh, I learned a lot about subject pronoun uh, uh, agreements. I mm-hmm. learned a lot about. Um, verb conjugation verb conjugation you know it was all stuff i mean she understands that language changes and evolves she just is a is a feeling of you should know the existing rules of grammar and then you can go on your merry way yes as long as know you the understand. rules before you break them that's right yes that's right are, so, your, are your children what last question are your children allowed to end sentences with prepositions uh we do not have a standing rule but she will <laughs> She will sometimes finish off the sentence for them if, if they do. With whom are you going? Yes, exactly. Uh, um, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I'm trying to think of a good example. Uh, uh, let's see. He, like, there's a lot of, there, a lot of it comes up with I and me, right? Like, um, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm, geez, I can't think of a great example right now. He, uh, uh uh, he, he's bigger. He's bigger than me, right? And she'll be yeah. like, "He's bigger than me, am, or he's bigger than I am." And he's like, "Oh, he's bigger than I. Okay, he's bigger than I am." 
Uh, I like, don't think I have ever said he's bigger than I in my the entire 40 years on this planet. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, listen, I don't want to make her sound like some kind of horrible uh, grammar police, but, mm-hmm. you know, I appreciate at least knowing the constructs of which I'm operating outside of which I am operating <laughs> outside mm-hmm. of which I am operating outside yes. of I, which I am operating. I appreciate knowing the rules and then promptly breaking them because I feel like it. Sometimes you sound like a damn idiot if you try not to end in a preposition. Mm-hmm. Like you're like, oh, sometimes I want to know the rules of which I am operating outside. Like yes. it just sounds dumb. Like, no, I guess, it doesn't sound like, right. It doesn't sound I like guess. a person way a person talks. Yes. Uh. Anyway, this is he. Also, always sounds like very mm-hmm. weird when you are answering a phone, but I do it. Speaking. Anyway. Yeah. Exactly. I just say hello. Yo. Hello. Hello. Is, is Vinny there? No. I, I like to Vinny say that's you. me. That's <laughs> uh, whatever like the doctor's office calls or something. I am calling yeah. for. Yep. That's me. I'll say this is he. If it's a, if it's listen, if it's a professional, I'll say this is he. I, I, I'd say maybe 30% of the phone calls I get are actually people and not someone, not some mm. kind of scammer. So when I do rarely answer my phone, either because it's a number I recognize or it's because I think I'm expecting a call from someone and I don't know. I always say, this is Alex. Oh, okay. There Just you take all the mystery out of it right away. So you, you say that when you pick up the phone? Yes. Okay. See, I'll do that when I know it's somebody that is like a business thing or something. I will say, and I will say, this is Vincent. If it's my mom or dad, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but if it's like anyone else, if it's like a doctor's office, if it's a, you know, a, a, an acquaintance, you know, if yeah. it's someone that isn't, I don't necessarily know exactly what the number is, but I know someone is going to be calling me. Hmm. That's when I apply that. Uh, if it's my mom, I'm like, hey, mom. It's an unknown number. I'll usually just say this is a, this is a government agency. Yeah. They're calling. You don't want to leave your, your stuff here. This is the Internal Revenue Service. This is a, I once hung up on a friend of mine who uh, picked up the phone. His, his cousin picked up the phone, and I wasn't fast enough to realize it was a joke. Uh, but they said something like, Caravella Bakery, whose buns do you want? And I was like, oh my gosh, I must have gotten the one of the bakeries in town. <laughs> you know, yeah. like hung up the phone was like, <laughs> I was like, and then, of course, I think at, this is at the time when Star 69 was a thing. So they Star 69 back my house and was like, Vinny, was that, did you just call and hang up? I was like, I thought I got a wrong number. I'm very, I don't like calling. For anyone under the age of 30, that's what you did when you wanted to find out who just called you when yes. you still had landlines. That's right. Before caller ID was an actual thing. It was like yes. a couple of stars. Like star 69. There was something you could put in. Yeah, that star would- 420, star 187, star 311. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Keep All the good numbers. Nice. Um, anyway, that's a uh, grammatically correct introduction to this show. I'm sure we have messed up already. Uh, well, do, long- not, do not sue me. Along the lines of uh, quick intro things here, I just want to very... I'm smack dab in the middle of my parents' birthdays this week. Oh, so happy birthday! Happy birthday, even though neither of them listen to the show, but that's fine. I, I don't expect that of people over 70, so... We, we spe- send the vibes out there. Hey, listen, I know people over 70 who listen to this show. Don't make assumptions. Okay. Happy well, birthday! Happy Aries season to my dad, who already had his birthday, and happy Aries season to my mom, who will have her birthday later this week. Man, a lot of March birthdays. Yeah, my stepdad is also... Uh, this month, at the end of this month, and then my partner's birthday is April first. So it's Gosh. like just all of them in a row. 
I know, like I have like three or four birth for for three or four birthdays. Birthday. I got birthdays. Birthdays. Birthdays coming up. Um, that I have to prepare for. Get the kid's birthday coming yeah. up. The child, the child's birthday approaches. Is your child an Aries? I don't know. Is end of March Aries? Yes. Okay. Then yes. The God of War. His birthday approaches. Uh, what's Pisces? A fish. Great. Fantastic. I have no idea. I only know about Aries because all, like most of the important people in my life somehow all had <laughs> birthdays in that range. And I know about Scorpio because that's mine. That's Ari- it. Aries is the ram in the in the constellation. That the, is correct. Uh, Sagittarius is September. Is something. They some of them have crossover. I'm a Taurus. Yeah, you're the bull. I'm a bull. I'm a bull. I'm a scorpion. I'm oh. sting you. Okay, good. <laughs> good. That's me making my stinging noise. It's good stinging. Brad, Speaking you, of scorpions, I just watched Jackass forever. I'm a crab. You're a crab. I mean, you, yeah. you are the final. You are the final right. evolution of all, right. all astrological yep, signs. All horoscopes are bound to evolve into <laughs> mine. Uh, you are uh, also some one of the only people I know who has watched this, but I uh, I have heard promotional materials for this Jackass movie. Yes, it's how is, uh, how is it's it? more Jackass. They made new Jackass. Yeah, but they're old. They are. So they added new people. Hmm. What? There's Did they get four, celebrities there's like, on it too? Well, there's a couple of celebrities, but they also added four people who are basically just like regulars throughout the film. And I don't oh, know if that is like huh. a test bed for launching a new jackass with new people or what, but what? like they're all very game. And I will say they are all very much there to do the exact same dumb shit. Well, right? I, I just I bring up the fact that they're old because it seems like it raises the stakes, right? Oh, like it does. The, like the personal injuries are much more dire than they used to be. Johnny Knoxville got hurt pretty bad in one of the stunts. Is this the uh, one? Is there, was there a bull involved? Is there was the... a bull involved. Okay. Yes, yeah. he did a double rotation. Is all I will say, and landed very squarely on his head. Uh, oh wow, he's old, old. He's over yes. fifty. I think he said that he's pretty much done at this I point. Like he so. wanted to do this movie, and that was it. I should hope so. Um, I just it was. I mean, we have talked about this a lot. It's not my bag. The yes. uh, the uh, what do you call that? Like genre hurt. Uh, I would call that uh, reality pratfalls. Okay, mm. like you know that like wipe out those things where it's like ah ooh like skate videos. I'll uh, call in, those skate in, videos. In, injury comedy, America's yeah. funniest home videos. Yeah, at least America's funniest home videos. Like most... suburban Three Stooges. <laughs> I you know it's to me the the it's the skate video. It is the the right. the. The, what, uh, those even those have a uh, name. And well, I those are like right they're now. like skits. Like they're just they were just they were just like interstitial bits between the skating and the skate videos. That's very much what Jackass was born out of. Yeah, or but like, also like even CKY wiping was, but CKY was very much that with some skating in it. But yeah, like yeah, no, it's like the wipeout stuff. Like the like you call them bloopers, I guess. But like <laughs> it really, it is just like yeah, it's just the bailout videos. Yeah, like the, the bailout videos, like yeah. the, like the, where people get up and then it, they, you see them wipe out and then it cuts and then they're coming up to the camera showing off their like dislocated fingers and stuff. Are like, I why would anybody want to watch this? I can't watch this. Uh, well, as someone who watched a lot of skate videos, I will say when you are fourteen and watching those videos, it's yeah. very funny. Speaking of uh, old people. And skate videos. Mm-hmm. Did you see Tony Hawk just severely broke his leg? No, no. I, don't, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Like two weeks this, ago? This is, that, oh, this yeah, is, no. Two this weeks is, ago. This is not. Oh, this is, what happened? Um, no. I'm trying to figure no, it out. No, we can begin and end with uh, he broke his leg. Da, 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 we could have left severe so, at. Mm-hmm. You know. 
Uh, I don't see exactly what he broke. Okay. They say severe. Nope. Yeah, I mean, he's still out there. He's still skating. Like, he's not... Um, I don't think he's competing as much these days, but he's definitely, like, still doing the Tony Hawk thing. Like, I've, I've seen him post videos of, like, you know, doing, like, his first 720 in however many years or whatever. Like, him doing some tricks that he had not done in a long time. And, you know, like, helping younger skaters learn how to skate. So, he's still out there, but I guess, oh, man, wish him a speedy recovery. He also makes a brief cameo in Jackass Forever in the intro. Of course. Broken the, femur. Here it is. Ah! Oh, God. Okay, let's... Move it on. Okay. All right. Moving on, best of luck. Uh, I mean, this is what happens when you talk about jackass, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, femurs get broken. Uh, um, I was rather, I'd rather spend this time talking about spoilers <laughs> than bodily mm. harm. I just cannot. I have, I have like a queasy. I just, I don't know. I just cannot. I'm very bad with it. Very Look, bad. I don't want to see people's legs get broken or any of that stuff, but you just have to admit lubing up a giant dirt pile and putting down like a fake like you know slip and slide down a pile of dirt and just sending people down on inner tubes is funny you just have to admit that did they crash at the end yeah they land on a big old pile of dirt okay well listen landing in dirt's not the worst thing in the world yeah i mean there's Uh, rocks in there but still yeah 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 um I, I don't know i've you know i have uh i have tried to take first aid courses i have tried to make sure that I am exposed to stuff to try and get over some of that. Never worked. No. <laughs> I still have I still have a very real queasy. Ah, I need to look away. But when it comes to the kids, you know what are you going to do? You got to look yeah. at blood. You got to look at stuff. Also, I mean, I'm like I'm coming at this from a different perspective. I was definitely the kind of kid that like me and my friends broke light tubes over each other's backs. Like we were just mm. dumb, doing dumb suburban fucking destructive shit. So I come from that scene. I come from that that mentality. Sure. So yeah. I will always identify with it. I don't like it. Um, but okay, movie? Yeah, fun. Like, maybe not all-time favorite jackass or anything, but like, with, you know, for 20 years in, pretty good. <laughs> um, Man. All right. Well, we have some games to get to today. We're going to we're gonna okay, get... Okay, fine. We'll stop well, talking about the 90-minute dick torture video, and we'll play some video games. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about some other kind of torture video. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I don't know. No, there's nothing on here, actually, that no. fits that segue. No. Um, but we are going to talk about uh, Ghostwire Tokyo. We're going to talk about Tunic. Uh, and I have a little bit of an update on uh, Horizon, though. No spoilers or anything. I'll get to that mm-hmm. a little bit later. And then we'll get into the news after that. But let's kick it off with Ghostwire Tokyo, a game that is slated to come out as of the time of this recording at the end of the week on Friday. I th- though I think um, there is an early edition if you uh, have that and you're playing it. More power to you. Yeah. Uh, Ghostwire yeah, Tokyo. I fired the game up and like it unlocked an emote. Oh, in this single-player first-person game where you rarely see your character, and when you do, he is locked into cutscene animations. Mm-hmm. But apparently, it has emotes. And I have cosmetics. no idea what that even means. If, well, you know, if you're selling an expensive edition that <laughs> unlocks early for people, you got to find some stuff to put in there. I guess I don't um, know what that's about. I mean, he's also got cosmetics. You got like your jacket and your, yeah. your pants and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Uh, Ghostwire Tokyo, a game where, all right, well, first of all, if you haven't seen it, any of it yet, we have a stream. Uh, we did yeah. a stream on Monday. You can go check that out. 
And I'd say uh, it's pretty spoiler free for the most part. Yeah, so yeah, and and we got into it a decent amount last week. I mean, Vinny was the yeah. only one that had played it then. But yeah, so um, if you're curious about how that's looking, I think a lot of reviews have gone up now as well. Um, it is a game, open world game, takes place in uh, Shibuya in Tokyo, and it's every game. A lot of games take place there. Is that the place to be if you're making a video yeah, game? Yeah, I believe Yakuza is mostly in Shinjuku, right? Well, it's mistaken. it's Kamurocho is roughly roughly based on Shinjuku. Yes. Oh, is that is Kamurocho fictional? Kamurocho is fictional, but it okay. is very much built on the notion of it being like a, a Shinjuku like space. Yes, there is a slice of Shinjuku Kabukicho. Of course, I yeah, I knew I knew that at one in a different life. Kabukicho is is the part of yes. I anyway. just I cannot hear Shinjuku without immediately my brain hearing the uh, train calling out mm-hmm. the station. Mm-hmm. Shinjuku. Yes, yes, Shinjuku. Yes, 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 the Yamanote line announcements and God. jingles burned in uh, my brain. Forever. I took the Yamanote line so many times when there's we were there. There's something I want. Yes. Anybody who lives in Tokyo, is, is the color of the Yamanote line still that like pleasant lime green? I'm sure it is, right? They would never change that. <laughs> uh, don't you dare. So yeah. uh, Ghostwire Tokyo takes place uh, in a fairly well- rendered like nicely rendered let's say um uh should be uh and it is uh empty devoid of people because they have all been turned into either spirits or have been vanished uh and so you yes, are been put in little boxes and sent away to <laughs> hell uh, mm, uh it's a uh, tbd uh yeah. and so you play as a character akito is that the yeah. character's mm. name uh, uh who has uh, not died because they have a spirit inside them, KK, who kind of in a symbiotic relationship, KK keeps you moving, your corporeal form moving around, and you share a body now. But you get a, a bunch of cool ghost powers like elemental finger guns that can shoot wind and also slices of uh, water and also, uh, you know, bazooka like fire out. And then when you're done with all that, you can do some ethereal weaving. Yes, you can weave the uh, the the plain ethereal and pull out uh, a, a ghostly cores from from the baddies. Uh, the, the plot being that there is some uh, other kind of presence, demonic or not, that is trying to harness the spirit energy in some Gozer-like fashion to mm-hmm. do some kind of otherworldly thing. He's more thing. of an Evo Shandor figure. <laughs> Uh, if, and if they get all the spirits, they win. If you are able to stop the spirit touchdown, then you win. Uh, go for it by by dint of opening up shrines to make the fog go away to open up other areas of the map. That is basically yes. the loop in that game. The, you, the portions of the map are cut off to inaccessible because fog has crept in. But if you uh, do some shrines, Tori shrines, is that what they're called? Mm-hmm. Um, you will cleanse the area, open up that area of the map. I've found the loop in that game to basically be do main story objective, pop open a bunch of side quests, and the next story objective is deep in the fog. So you mm-hmm. then have to open up like two or three more gates. Got to keep moving along in a direction. Yeah. And, oh, hey, but weird. A bunch of side quests just opened up right, right along that path. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that I mean, that's it in a nutshell. And I, I say that because when we were doing the video on Monday, about 45 minutes in, I was like, you know, I think, I think you've shown off most of what's in this game. Yes, I have. And the thing is, that was the beginning of chapter three. I'm well into chapter four now. I am like 11 hours into this game, which I've been quoted at somewhere around 15 to 20 to finish. Yeah. The whole, oh, the whole wow. thing. Sounds, sounds like you're actually pretty far. <laughs> and let me tell you, 
almost nothing has changed in mm-hmm. the time since I've, I've progressed into that game. There, like, I did have what qualified as I would call a real boss fight, uh, but mostly it has been a, the same rhythm of just going from place to place, finding the visitors, fucking them up, yeah, uh, taking back those shrines, helping out the occasional ghost, and I'm mad at myself because this is the exact kind of game I told myself I was going to play less of, fewer of, uh, <laughs> to take it all back, uh, in this calendar year 2022 because I play too many of these. And I'm not saying this because I think this game is bad. It's not. It's not broken. It it has some ideas in there that I think are kind of neat, and I do love the animation. I think the animation is really solid. But... It's just very middle, Hmm. like middle tier in a lot of ways. Like it doesn't, I'm not saying this is what happened. This just, it has the feel of a game that came together late in production. Like the, we had to cut, we had to find a structure for this thing. So we gave it the structure every other open world game kind of has. (laughs) And it never really seems to find any kind of modulating frequency for that. It is just keep doing that until you run out of story to do. It is an open-world-ass open-world game with a laundry list of, what, half a dozen things to do, maybe? Yeah, maybe like, eight or nine total. Like, there's like Types, open, you mean? There's yeah. open gates. There is collect spirits in your little paper thing and upload yeah. them through the phone lines. There's chase spirits around right. for a yes. little bit, and then when you're done chasing them, just absorb them. Yeah, something like that. I'm I'm still in Chapter 2. I'm kind of, I kind of like it. I, I don't not like it. I, I don't yeah, that's mind me too. It. Yeah, yeah, I don't not like it. But I also had the exact same experience watching, sitting through that stream of like, this has sort of dampened my enthusiasm mm-hmm. for maybe how far I'm going to get into this. Like, it's still new enough for me that I'm enjoying doing the stuff and it looks really nice, I think, generally. Like, wandering that, you know, very wet nighttime city. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know. Wet asphalt with a bunch of neon lights around always looks nice. Like it's it's fun to be in, in a Japanese setting. And yeah, just it doesn't explore. do the frame rate any favors, but other than that. Um, but I also I have not played enough of it to get tired of it the way that you guys have, and I could definitely see as you just do more and more of the same stuff. Like it's probably going to lose all of its luster sooner than later. See, that's the thing. That's the thing I'm mad at myself about. Is that I'm not tired of it. Mm-hmm. Like no, you don't have to be mad at yourself. I get where you're coming from, but no, you, I'm mad you at myself. Recognize that- it. Because I recognize it, I yeah. know it's that lizard brain instinct. It is not because I am having so much fun that I am mm. desperate to finish this thing. It's because I'm ticking boxes, I'm completing objectives in a fast enough pace that I feel like I can just keep going and there's always like a new thing to absorb, a new thing to grab, a new thing to do, yeah. even though it is the same eight or nine things over and over and over again. And I just that's the thing that I am trying to disabuse myself of getting too far into when I'm not like excited about it. Like I have all this Elden Ring still to, ring mm-hmm. still to play. I, I have a ton of Horizon to still play if I want to go back to that. Finding out it was only 20 hours long might have actually mm. broken me on this and that might be the thing that's going to make me finish it is that I'm not going to have to spend 60 hours doing the same thing. Yeah. I mean there's there's a couple things it does very effectively like, you know, there's a big skill tree and Everything earns you XP, like literally everything you do is racking up, you're leveling up constantly, you're getting skill points constantly, but on top of like the abstract satisfaction of number go up, which in itself is like a reason to, like it's a podcast game, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. a reason to roam the world and just keep doing the thing because the numbers keep going up, but on top of that, 
They also do the thing, whether this was intentional or not, where all of the basic mechanics, at least for me, have just a little more friction to them than I would like. Like mm-hmm. the like the basic gun attack shoots just a little slower than I would like. Like it takes just a little too long to rip the cores out of all the enemies. You know what I mean? Like mm, I yep. wish I wish you could glide just a little farther, farther, not further, uh, yes, <laughs> uh, than you can by default. You know what I mean? So like on yeah. top of on top of it just being satisfying to level up mindlessly as you roam this world and keep doing the same six things over and over. There's also the tangible effect of like every time I catch these skill points in, this gets a little more. Well. I start to say a little more fun, maybe a little less annoying to play. Like, sure. okay, everything I'm doing is happening a little faster than it was now. Like, everything is a little more seamless and, like, frictionless than it was as I do all this stuff. And the thing I will say for them is that they have balanced the skill tree in such a way that, like, I thought I was just going to overtake that thing very quickly. But there is a certain point where it kind of slows down. <laughs> and I feel like they just cheat, though. Like, yes. most yeah, of the they- high-level skills, they just... They just straight up introduce another collectible that you have to find to unlock a bunch of the higher level skills. It's like, oh, you can get the first two of the three abilities on this tree. You have to go find a, a Magatama and cash that in to unlock the last one. Like, it's just yeah. kind of, they just throw an extra arbitrary roadblock in there. But You're totally right. But the other thing is that I will say that the, the abilities you need to make those things you just described, the things that were like a little bit annoying, satisfying are pretty low down the tree. It does yes, not take yes, that long to yes. get to those abilities. Totally. Like 90 minutes into the game, I had upgraded the main or the basic attack twice, so it's much faster. Like I'm yeah. doing the execution move way faster now. Like I can do it on enemies that are downed now that yes. I don't even have to like damage all the way down to be vulnerable. Like you, yeah, you're, you're not wrong. Like you get that stuff quickly. And, and that's, I think that's a positive thing because I do, in my opinion, think the game moves a little too slowly for the amount of repetition that's in it. I think you you wind up in this in similar encounters that take just a little too long cuz the enemies are fairly spongy. Yeah. Uh and and so it takes a little too long for the amount of times you're going to do the same exact thing. Uh and so that to me, once I started just dumping points into anything that would speed that up, it was a more pleasant experience. Mhm. It's I found myself starting to skip some of the side quest dialogue, which is never a good sign for me. As I'm, I'm just, just straight up skipping some of the side quests, period. Like yeah. I'm if it's well, not I on my way points. to something, I'm just not doing it. Like I want the points, but like they're so I have found them to be a little too They're also really short, by and large. They're generally short, but the, just the dialogue is mostly like, I lost this thing. Can yeah. you go find it? Yeah. And it's like Okay, yes, I will go find it. I, I, yeah, I, I feel like the game just needs a little more zing in zing. multiple, multiple yeah. places. Like, there's some okay horror imagery, like, early on. Like, when you're in, like in that hospital, there's some nice scripted stuff with the environment contorting and, you know, reality bending or whatever. But like, Well, guess what? Lo- they do more of that. Yeah, and that's not surprising. But by and large, like, it's not that scary. There's nothing no. like, truly... There's not, like, really much truly horrifying imagery, like some of the enemy designs, I guess, and, like... Also, like, the side quests could stand to be a lot quirkier than they are, for example, you know? It's like... They're very like, cookie-cutter. Like, like, maybe take some cues from the Yakuza series again there with, like, yeah. make the side quests weirder, you know? Like, it just needs needs a little more oomph in, like, multiple places. And it's hard to do that Yakuza thing, though, because it is a game that is literally devoid of people, you know? And it's like, Fair. as much as the spirits are there to talk to you, like, they never have a personality other than wispy person who needs something. Like, there's there's no identifiable character <laughs> to those people. The only, like, the most personality I've seen is in the spirits you suck up into your uh, little, um... Paper. What was it? I forget what Agame? the paper doll. Like, I forget the, the Shiro something, but... 
Oh, okay. Shido Kitai, something like that. But mm. uh, I, by the way, someone in our Discord chat let us know what those are, and apparently, like they are loosely equivalent to like a voodoo doll in Shintoism. Ah, yes, okay. yes, they, they are. They're yeah, meant to the, house spirits. Some of the descriptions you can read. There's a lot of like Shinto influence in there, but uh, some of the dialogue you get out of the spirits as you're like going around sucking them up into that thing mm-hmm. can be kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But they don't need they don't need you to do anything for them other than get them into the dolls oh, yeah, yeah. so you can like, put them in the telephone. Like you're you're likely to miss that dialogue because you just want to absorb them as fast as you can and go cash them in at a phone booth for more levels. Yes. Yep. It's very incidental. A lot of them are just complaining about life as they float mm-hmm. aimlessly around in a big mush. You get more personality from the dogs you feed than you do from most of the people, which is saying something. No, the I- fair, those dogs are very personable. <laughs> I I like the um I, I and I want to see more of the um is it, is it is yokai a general category of otherworldly things? General spirit <sighs> term, I believe. I think yokai are not human spirits. Okay. Okay. So I like I, I like think. when let's call them the not human spirits. I like yeah. when the the things items are possessed or uh like Alex the the thing you encountered in that building that was blocking the door that time like right though I want more of those oh god those door motherfuckers oh, thing, they are oh, so god. weird that thing is yeah. so pathetic yeah, yeah like, it's I, like oh I just I can't move I just look I'm here to it's, block a door it's, man it's literally a ghost that's a door yeah I like like those things I find that's the weird that or to me weird and maybe that's yeah. you know, westernization of this but like that style of like oh that's that's odd to me. Like that's yes. interesting. Like that that one that one took me aback in a way that yeah. I wish more of that game did. There was an umbrella I chased around that was hopping around that had got become possessed. There's a couple of things I don't even mind the doll chases as much, even though the mechanics of it are not that fun. But the idea that the the somebody's spirit is in a doll that is zooming across the the city is at least interesting to me uh, more than the scan this house for the secret panel and uh, yeah. open the panel. That's the thing, though. It's like it's not just the weirdness. Like, I just I want it to lean more into the stuff that is just. It seems like what the game is based on. You know, like mm-hmm. it is trying to pull from various aspects of Japanese spirituality. It is using different kinds of you know spirits, demons, what have you. But it's just like the actual like execution of those things within the framework of this game is just so rote and not particularly inventive that it just feels like. It's window dressing, yeah. you know, and that's that's that sucks because I feel like there was an idea there for something that just does not feel like it came to fruition all the way. What they made is a completely acceptable game, but it's not exciting. It's yeah, not there. It's, it's not, not doing anything that you have not done many times over in these kinds of games. It's it's inoffensive is how I would describe it. Yeah, like there's, there's oh, nothing yeah. bad yeah. about it. No, there's nothing bad about it. It just well, does not make the strongest impression. Like, I, I don't know. I think it, some you know. of the side objectives are kind of lame, you know, like they just they, they don't. One, they don't feel like they're fully fleshed out, and two, there's too many of them. But other than that, I don't. I agree with you. I don't think there's anything particularly bad about the game. I think the combat's a little too slow to a fault, too spongy to yeah, a fault for I, me. Yeah, I actually do want to add to the enemies are very spongy, and also there's just the hit reactions are not very satisfying. Like, mm-hmm. maybe I'm sure this changes as you upgrade your weapons, but like early on. It feels like you're, and it is a shooter. Like, I mean, you may be mm-hmm. doing finger guns and finger <laughs> animations, but like mechanically it plays as like a first person shooter. And none of those abilities feel like they have much stopping power at all. Like, yes. Not only do they sponge a bunch of damage, they just keep coming at you as you shoot them, you know? Yeah. But, like some of the charge attacks do a little bit yeah, more in yes, that they, regard, but yeah. like even still, it's like basically you're using that flame charge attack to just clear an area or right. you're not really using those at all. Yeah. 
and the it makes me wonder too because a lot of times you'll get into an encounter reinforcements will show up or they'll teleport you to an arena battle where you just kind of will take on enemies that will just kind of spawn in an arena style it makes me wonder if that is the sponginess and the and the pace of that battle goes into fleshing that game's length out because boy you could mm-hmm. probably really ch- if those things if those encounters went any faster you might be able to really push through that game in, in a in a clip uh because as you're in going through places on your way to an objective i mean that's really all you hit as a aside from some kind of sometimes annoying platforming uh, are the battles those are the things that yeah. you, you go and you'll be like oh okay i've got to take on these seven enemies here and then they'll call in reinforcements and then you'll go uh, occasionally you'll run into the side um i don't know if they're triggered by something or what but there are side quests in the world that will just happen like when the enemy is trying to capture spirits into those cubes I don't know if they are triggered by anything or they just happen. I, I don't think they are. I think they're I think everything in that game is location designated. Like okay. cuz the thing is if you go back to areas you've already been in, enemies don't repopulate. The only they thing don't. that repo- okay. the only thing that repopulates are those like spirit objects you can use to drain for juice for okay. your weapons. That's for weapons. It. Oh my, yeah. I'm constantly running out of ammo. Um you know, you've got to go and there are Go find up- some more Jizo statues, yeah, man. Yeah, I got to get I got to get right with Jizu. There's like a too many um situations where i have gotten into a big like i said the enemies are very spongy got into a big battle uh and i'm just i'm i'm dry you know i've got to go mm-hmm. around and punch a car or something uh, at a certain point you're just like all right i guess i gotta pull out this bow i keep forgetting that i have <laughs> yeah the bow yeah. there are there are some skills you can unlock that'll like if you do a perfect block you'll get ammo back i believe mm, some stuff yes. like that i also have to remember about the block uh that's the thing i almost <laughs> never use the block unless yeah. i'm in a big fight so yeah, yeah so like I, yeah, I think you're right. I, I think for me, it is it is not. Th- there are no hooks. There's not a lot of propellant to pull me along. But by the same token, there's not a repellent there that is necessarily pushing me back. Yeah. But I do I do have to push myself under my own motivation and own momentum to keep going. And there are about two or two or three other games that I think are vying for that attention right now that are. Yeah. Like if there was nothing else out right now, like I could totally see just like, I mean, it is kind of relaxing. Like I could see putting an hour yeah. or two a night into it until I finished it just cause it's kind of the activities are just quick enough and just sort of checklisty enough that it's yeah. kind of satisfying to just spend a little time doing that. But with all the other strong stuff out right now that I haven't had a chance to finish yet, like it's pretty low on the list. Like, it's not bad, but I, I don't think people need to like rush out and spend sixty dollars on it instantly. No, I was actually going to say like part of the reason I think I am propelling myself through this thing so quickly is it is that kind of game. Like when it's like eleven p.m. and I'm like half stoned and like an hour away from bed, I'm like I don't want to play Tunic right now because I want to actually think about that game. Whereas this, I don't have to think about shit, man. Yeah. It is. It is okay. Have I been to this neighborhood yet? Are there ghosts there? Great. Let's just go do that for an hour. Yeah, it's um, when games when uh, a lot of games do this, but when games do the thing that Brad you mentioned, make the tedium a little faster, like absorb this thing a little faster, absorb this core a little faster. Sometimes it always makes me question, like, why did you put it so slow in the first place? Oh, it's completely artificial. <laughs> it's absolutely tuned that way for that's, a reason. That, yeah, yeah, that's that's what I meant about like I'm not sure if it's intentional or not. It probably is. 
But yeah. even like the, I think there's one that you absorb ghosts the into your um oh, into yeah. your paper faster, yes. and it's like this isn't even a combat. That's, that's not combat. Like that's also literally... that's like that's actually like one of the more satisfying things in the game to do, and doing it faster doesn't make it better, really. But at some point, I would almost take one that's like dial that phone to drop them off a little faster too. Because yeah, that that. Could I just do this long. with my cell phone now? <laughs> yeah, I uh, because that, that takes a little while too. But yeah, I I'm Ghostwire Tokyo. I'm I'm not hating it. I'm not loving it. I think it's not it, without its charm. Yeah, it, it definitely has. That's it has some charm. I think it, I wish it were weirder still, even weirder still. Uh, I will probably put this on a, a queue behind going back even to Elden Ring. Though I don't know if I'll finish Elden Ring, but playing more Elden Ring, uh, definitely behind like Horizon and some other games for me to finish up. It'll be, a, it'll be a great Game Pass game if and when, presuming it comes to Game Pass. Yeah. And, and let's say, let's a say year, in like maybe a year. Uh, it'll be a great game to play there. So you should mention it is, it is PS5 and PC only. Yeah. It is 60 bucks. But um, yes, it, it was. we assume it will become to Game Pass as this is under the Bethesda umbrella. Yes. Mm-hmm. This so, is, yes, this is Microsoft's, Microsoft's Ghostwire Tokyo. Yes, <laughs> right. Microsoft Bethesda's Tango Gameworks's Ghostwire Tokyo. Yeah, that's right. So uh, we assume it will come there. I, one other thing, probably to mention, because this this news kind of uh, came out, or at least I saw it this morning too. In the six visual modes that this game has, uh, including quality, performance, uh, high frame rates. Uh, quality high frame rate performance. There is a high frame rate quality with V-Sync and high frame rate performance with V-Sync. Though the PS5 up until or currently does not have support for variable frame rate. Is that well, correct? Well, no, so so those modes have V-Sync disabled. So that means that they will render as fast as they can, even though that'll you'll, you'll get tearing, vertical tearing. The the modes the the high frame rate performance and the high frame rate quality, the uncapped. Yes. Right, but the high the ones with V-Sync have it enabled right right so yeah so i think i think the implication is that because there's six right I th- boy we're really mm-hmm. getting into the weeds here <laughs> i think the implication is that you know the, the ones with vsync have it on so implicitly yeah. the ones with it that don't mention it have it off anyway that's that's a, that's a weird thing to put in there on a console that does not have uh that has not had the hdmi 2.1 variable refresh rate stuff added like the xbox has like right. digital foundry is out there constantly these days saying like hey these games with inconsistent performance are better on an xbox because they have vrr there that smooths that out at the hardware level. Um, and the PlayStation 5 does not, but they just announced this morning that they are finally working on bringing that uh, to the PS5, I believe, in the next firmware update? Yeah, because they just put one out today, but yeah. it's not that firmware update. Right. I, think I think it's the next one. They basically said, like, hey, here's this one with these changes, and then in uh, in our next update, we're looking to get VRR in there finally. So, so. I, I mean, I, I don't claim to know how that stuff all works beyond... <laughs> I'm still working on performance and quality modes. Uh, I, I think, you know, this stuff comes up once in a while and I'll just say for, for my two cents, I am very okay with though. I wish everything ran at 4k 60 plus it's not going to, but I'm, I, I've come to live with performance versus quality. I just think if you're going to have even more options than that, you just please have to put better descriptions in there of what those things do in the game itself. Because I think, now flipping between six different modes to check which one is going to be my best fit. That's a lot to ask of a player. Yeah. Uh, P- PC PCs have had this problem for not problem, but this situation for a while and they have just gotten very good about description. Some games have, mm-hmm. I think I want to say RE was my favorite on the PC, which has that 
picture that as you put stuff on and off shows you like a graphic representation of what this might look like. Um, so if we're going to go that way on the console, we just have to get better descriptions of what these things do and how it will affect your gameplay. Not that options are bad. It's just me spending even five minutes cycling through different options to be like, "Mm, how's the rain look in this one? Uh, I mean, my, I don't have 120 Hertz TV or anyway. So I'm, I'm looking at this screenshot of the graphics tab in the game right now and they have hfr in green and i assume in their minds they were like oh that will tell people if you have a a tv that does higher than 60 hertz then this is for you but they don't actually spell that out and it's not that obvious yeah like like it should it should just flat out say like hey unless you have a tv that does higher than 60 hertz you don't need to worry about these here's what i'll say right now is that with with all my time uh, in Ghostwire, the regular performance mode is the one I yeah, would just say like go I, for. I just it gets it my hand seal of a <laughs> nice. I just put it on regular performance and, and forgot about it, and it's been totally fine. The the frame the like the quality mode in that game does not look that great. It it's not worth it. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm not going to go through all the modes here, but I, I kind of agree, and I think I think it actually feels like a pretty decent dip in frame rate on quality. It's mode. significant. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, that's just, uh, interesting with the yeah. PlayStation getting some upgrades in the next A sidebar. Moment. Yeah. Uh, and enjoy your options as you go through that. Also, um, <laughs> it's got Japanese VO. It has English VO. We mentioned this last time, uh, on the stream, we kind of went through some of it. Uh, Alex thoughts on the English VO. Now that you've played some of it, Brad, do you play it fully I in even, the Japanese VO? Oh yeah. Okay. I mean, the it interesting was interesting thing. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. The interesting thing is it doesn't even prompt you. I'm trying to think of. Uh, was it Ghost of Tsushima that asked you up top? Like Yes, that hey, game absolutely asked you up hey, top. Hey, maybe you'd like to play this in the Japanese mode for greater immersion or whatever mm. they said. But like in this case, like they don't even ask you. It actually just defaults to Japanese and that's it, unless you go in and make the change unless I miss something. Well, I so I think right. it is I think it is the like the language option is there in the initial settings, but they don't make a big show of it. It's just kind of like one of several things that you can set okay, at the I, beginning. I might have just button passed it along with the brightness or whatever. Also, the funny thing about that goes to Tsushima one was that was before they put the Japanese lip sync in. So, right. you know, the immersion was a little weird yes. on that one. Yes. They don't have Japanese lip sync or they don't have English lip sync here. Uh, it's just the Japanese lip sync. And honestly, other than finding out that apparently the same actor does KK in both the English and Japanese versions, I don't think there's that much that's novel about the English dub. I think the Japanese version is the way to go. Uh, I agree. I, you know, I, I have it on the English VO currently just because I was missing some of the stuff as I was running around in, in the action, um, mm-hmm. just reading, but that's that's just on me and slow reading. Uh, Ghostwire Tokyo. So again, out on Friday, March 25th, officially, mm-hmm. officially here in the, uh, uh, United States, $60 PS5 and on PC. There's also that visual novel prelude. If anybody wants to check Don't it out, read the get, novel. Don't get read the more, novel. <laughs> get more KK. I mean, Hey, it's free. Uh, <laughs> it is free and <laughs> it's pretty quick. Uh, all you, right, you, that, you know what they say: the Ghostwire Tokyo visual novel is only free if your time is worth nothing. Wow, wow, <laughs> I'm joking. brutal! I'm wow. joking. Just, no. a little, just a little Linux joke for everybody. That there said, my go. time is worth nothing, nothing. So maybe I should check that out. Uh, let's take a quick break. We're going to come back and talk a bit about Tunic here, and I, I hopefully we will be as spoiler free as possible in that Tunic section. So yeah. uh, stick around. We'll also, be right back. I, oh, b- yes. Before we go, the same thing about Horizon. Since you mentioned you wanted to touch on Horizon, I've seen. Yeah. 
some some people in the audience were like, hey, please don't talk about late game Horizon. I'm still trying to finish it, but like, yeah. I, I don't think you're intending to actually spoil anything no, there either. Not today. No, no. I'll just I'll just gonna say uh, what I'm gonna say about Horizon. I'll say it now. I won't say it later. But uh, it's gonna be very brief, and uh, okay. I will not talk yes. any specifics. Yes. So, so nobody nobody needs to worry about avoiding the podcast for that or anything. Yeah. All right. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. This week's show is brought to you by Rocket Money. Brad Shoemaker, Alex Navarro. I bet you guys have subscriptions. I had a lot of subscriptions. I had too many subscriptions. And at a certain point, I had to drill down. I had to, I had to focus. I had to make sure that I did not have so many subscriptions anymore. You had to take time out of your day. My busy schedule. Your time, which is worth more than anything find those subscriptions and cancel them. Brad Shoemaker, do you live a subscription lifestyle? I am just a walking monthly bill at this point. <laughs> it's the world we live in. If you need help, boy, guys, I got some uh, I got some news for you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. It says here that most people think they're spending $80 on their subscriptions, but in reality, the number is closer to 200 My God. What are we even doing? With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. Rocket Money also lets you monitor all your expenses in one place, recommends custom budgets based on your past spending, and they'll even send you notifications when you've reached your spending limits. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. That's rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Thanks, Rocket Money. All right, and we're back. And Tunic, and we are not going to go into deep spoiler stuff here because that entire game uh, trucks in its uh, parsing out information to play. Or you finding information out uh, in the game. So you finished it. Is it that? Like, is it? I mean, I don't. Is it that kind of puzzle box? Wow, spoilers already. I mean, I started to ask if it's really as Fez-like as it seems. I mean, maybe I don't want to have you say exactly the answer to that question, but I mean. There, there are multiple endings. Oh, okay. Um, I see that. I did not expect. There are multiple endings. Um, they are um, different, for sure. Uh, I My thoughts on it. Um, I think it gets almost too much. Oh, uh, term, in terms of the obscurity of stuff? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I've, yeah. Seen, I, I've seen some people who are like very... I don't know how, how like people I know who are like very problem solving inclined, I guess I would say mm-hmm. like good at stuff like that, say that they were kind of pulling their hair out over a couple of late, late game things in this. So there are some things I started looking up because I was pretty sure I was getting the concept correct, but not the execution. So I was like, what am I doing wrong here? I'm pretty sure this is it. And I had, I, once I cracked open that a uh, guide, I did not look back. Huh. Uh, like there were stuff there. I'd be like, wait, what you, you, what? And so I have no shame for me personally saying that I use the guide for uh, portions of, the, of that thing to to be like, okay, I want to see this through in a way that is uh, fairly complete, you know, for a lot of this stuff. I did not 100% everything yet, but I might go back and do that. 
but uh, I want to see this uh, fairly uh, completed and through. And for me, I had to use a guide. There is absolutely no okay. way I would have made it through a lot of those things. Um, just because, again, for me, there was enough room in execution in some of the error where I would have been unsure if I were doing the correct thing or not. Was any sure of that enough. like critical path stuff? Like stuff that is right there in your way to finish the game? Or is that more side stuff? Um, I don't want to get too, too uh, deep in, sure. into, okay. in, into some of it, but I will say for what I wanted to see, I needed to fulfill a lot of it. So, um, uh, and, and that's, there was, it, and if for people who have played it and, and made it through, uh, to a hundred percent, they'll, know, they'll also know that like some of those things are, are immensely involved hmm. in, in ways that are like my, me- you guys all know this. My memory is terrible. And some yes. of those puzzles, unless Sorry, I didn't mean to be to, no, to agree that quickly, no, but yes, it, it is horrible. My short term memory, terrible. My medium term memory, also not that great. Uh, Long term, questionable. So like it's um, in order for some of those things, there is there is I have found it was required to take notes uh, uh, for a lot of for a decent amount of some of that stuff. And to take very detailed notes or or use, you know, there's other things you could use nowadays, like in-game screenshots and, and stuff like that to record those things. But Highly um, underrated feature. Yeah, I yeah, find, yeah. and I've used that stuff before. Yeah. A lot of people don't use screenshots as much as they should to cheat. Yeah, or or, or, to, or in this case, let's say to accomplish your goals. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, I think it was, I think there were places where, okay, I feel satisfied conceptually that I know what I need to do here. Execution wise, am I willing to put that extra time in or do I just want to go look up this solution? Yeah. I mean, if, uh, if you, you know. if you figured out the conceit, then filling in details is maybe not yeah. such a big deal. And the, Hey, don't get me wrong. If you're listening to this, there's a lot of places I didn't figure out the conceit where it's just mm-hmm. like, what? And it was like, mm-hmm. you, okay. I've got like all, just, all these questions I want to ask, but they're probably better not answered. Yeah. I won't, I won't, like, I won't answer them. Um, because I, I think it's something even in that case, best to be experienced, um, with, yeah. with that game. Well, like, here, here's you know, like, the one question I will put to you then. Okay. Did you like it? So I did, I did, okay. but I fell off a little bit, uh, as I continued going through. Cause I think the ask was maybe a little much, to see what I wanted to see. Mm. Okay. Um, and if, and again, this could be a thing that's like my personal experience and my time that I'm willing to devote. And the energy I was willing to vote was, is limited. There's a cap on some of the, on some of that stuff versus other people that are like, I'm all in on this. Some of the things I looked up for solutions that were like Reddit threads and stuff. I was clapping. Like they were just like, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, you, this is an amazing accomplishment you have done here. Like, like you, you have figured something out. <laughs> the developer <laughs> like, or right. the players? No, the players. Okay. Like, um, like this is some, this, this is an, accom- like, wow, good for you. This, this good for yeah. you. Yeah. I had, I had a similar uh, experience reading about that ARG and inscription. Yes. Well, frankly, stuff. frankly, I very much had that experience watching people get through Fez as well. Mm-hmm. Because I did a lot more watching people get through Fez than like, I did getting through I, Fez. I also was not involved in the the Fez the Fez effort, <laughs> the, the Fezverse, the Fez the Fezert. Uh, yeah. uh, like so you were, right? Looking... Like like you were deep in like you had no. I did. I love that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. So like that was one I of the questions. I found that a little I, more approachable. Okay. Well, that was one of the questions I wanted to ask about Tunic. Was like more or less Fez than Fez? Um, like 
I mean, some you, stuff I found in, in Tunic more tedious. Interesting. Okay. Um, and, uh, and, and so that kind of colored a little bit of my perception. Again, like you get, there was a point though, where it's like, Hey, it's like three in the morning, but I'm, I'm, I'm like super invested right now, but, right. but that doesn't do a whole lot for my patience for having to puzzle something out. Right. Like, Oh my gosh, I like, I just need to see what's next. And, but the thing that is next is this really involved thing. That's just like, let me go grab the iPad. Um, you know, that, that, that level of stuff. So I really do. I, I adore it. I think it's great. I think I started my, like there was a peak in the middle of the game. And I think my, my adoration maybe went down a little bit by the, okay. by the very end of it. So, um, I'm you know, like, I'm like five or six hours, maybe seven hours in at this point, And I, I think I may be getting in the vicinity of that peak you're talking about. Mm. I feel like, cause it's, I, I don't know. It feels you like a lot of things cresting? are coming. I think I'm starting to crest, but the thing is, it, even if I don't end up, I, I think I'm going to finish it, but even if I don't, or if I do, I probably will end up using a guide. I don't have any qualms about that. I'm yeah. fine with that. I'm not, I, I don't get as much personal satisfaction of like being the one to solve it so much as I am just want to see it through. But I am enjoying the process of what I am figuring out, and I just, I just think it's a fun, neat world to poke around yeah, in. Like, I, I think agree. it's just, it's just very pleasant. There, there are like two, two areas that I think were just fantastic, um, and uh, one of them is underground, and I, I just really like that area a lot. And it felt very secretive, and like, if, it felt like the thing I want from that game is like, mm-hmm. ooh, this, this feels very like, what are we looking at over here? Um, and that, that was great. I think the fights generally were balanced pretty well between the abilities you have, the items you can stock up on to aid you in a fight. Uh, so even when fights were difficult, you can kind of buy your way out of it by using bombs and firecrackers and potions and, and abilities and stuff like that. So I never felt like I was backed against the wall too much. I'm like, man, this is just too hard. Right. If it were too, the only thing I really didn't like is you can you can blow your budget on a fight and you don't get those items back. Right. Um, okay. So you you can you got to commit sometimes and sometimes I'd commit and then I'd lose it on a sliver Dark Souls style you'd lose it mm-hmm. on a sliver of health and you'd be like oh I had like ten firecrackers and I blew them all in that fight uh, but you know you're never that far away from just Man, going to get some more. Consu- uh, okay, okay, that's that's not so bad. I was gonna say like consumables that do not reset on death have become kind of a pet peeve of me of mine. Maybe that's too much Dark Souls. Yeah, over the last few years, but like consumables where you burn a bunch and then die and don't get them back to the level of your last checkpoint, like kind of feel like a real fuck you these days. It's 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 got some concessions for that, but not a hundred percent. Like you will wind up in a situation where you're like. Yeah, I blew it. Like that was my run, and I blew it. I mean, that but, is that's the ultimate NES thing, right? Like that's the ultimate right. like eight bit bullshit uh, kind of thing. Quirk. Yeah. Is, yes. Like even Dark Souls doesn't do that. You know what I mean? Like, well, so, I mean, partially it does, but so, so, yeah, yeah. So there's there are some things like um, you know, you chew all that grass. <laughs> you know, you could you might or use that grass and demon souls or whatever you're not going to get all that back oh man i just i don't know why it didn't hit me at first that none of those bushes grow back after you chop them down and that really bums me out because i like chopping those bushes and i wish they would Um, come back so i could do it again there are um but there are there are ways to like i'm not a i'm not an extremely good player of video games like I, i i can do it i'm okay i'd say i'm average and I was able to muddle my way through it without too too much difficulty. Um, 
the puzzles though <sighs> congratulations to anybody who has gone through that one and figured it all out on their own it is <laughs> it's a noodle scratcher there are too many there were too many spots even when i was using the guide that i was like am i i'm reading it am i doing this correctly huh. where yeah. i was like boy <clears throat> if i if i were not then i would be I would be really uh, in a pickle here. God, that makes me really uh, curious to see what that is. Like, I could sit here asking you all these questions, but you shouldn't answer them about like you know, how much know. is how much is that fake written language factor into things, and like, is there a musical component? Like, it seems like there might be, and all this stuff. But I should. I probably, think that's the stuff we say for I later. Should, I should just I should just play the game and find out. I guess definitely, yeah. and and like you you will find that stuff out, um, or at least uh, you know if you use a guide, you you will. Uh, depending, I would say you know my two cents is. Depending on where you're at and what your what your level of engagement is, I was very satisfied even using the guide because some of that stuff was just going to be beyond me. So yeah. I felt I felt ext- I did not feel like I cheated myself personally. Uh, you know, everybody's going to be different, but I came away feeling like I still I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay doing this um, because I looked at some of the solutions and was like, nope, like just not not where I want to be with this game uh, at this point. So yeah, I, I really like it. Would it, it would probably, as of now, you know, it it is high up there on this year's releases. It is, um, you know, I'm trying to think of recent examples, kind of like Inscription, where you're uncovering stuff. And I, for me, for me, I think Inscription is maybe a little more. I found that to be overall the package a little more satisfying. Damn it! You've just right. reminded me in the 72 hours, roughly, since I've been back in front of my PC. Yeah. That I forgot oh, to check out Casey's mod. Yeah. Damn it. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, the like, inscription. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I will download that during the break. <laughs> we'll talk about it next oh. week. If and on another note, you need to send me that, uh, that Slayer t-shirt mod for Mass Effect. I still oh. need to download that. Yes. We definitely need that in place as well. Yes. The mods. most important mods. Yes. Mods. And also, thank you, mods. Uh, always, always fantastic work, mods. Um, yeah. So that's Tunic. I, without going into too much detail, uh, I really, really, really like it. Um, I, I think it's not without some of its like opaqueness getting in its own way. Mm-hmm. There are some things I really, really wish, and I can't say here um, because it would be too spoilery that I would love to see changed um, to, to squeeze a little bit more enjoyment out for me, but hell of a game. Uh, and if you're on game pass and trying it out, uh, you know, I see no reason not to, especially if you, are curious i mean it's 30 dollars outside of that and i think that's a great price for that game i think there's a lot of a lot of enjoyment to be had from that cool uh, i'll be curious if you guys continue with it to talk to you more about some of those puzzles off air or in a segment where we are clearly marking spoilers yeah uh and if anybody wants to talk to me on the discord too i'd love to talk to people about it there um just to kind of see gauge the level of <laughs> puzzle solving out there again i did not feel like um like I cheated myself or a dunce for having an iPad open next to me for some of that stuff because ooh boy. All yeah. right. Now that is tunic that is available on the Xbox and, uh, and PC also on game pass. Like we mentioned came out last week. Yeah, that one's, that one's pretty high on my list to finish, especially as we move past the end of the fiscal year and all these games are out and there's not, let's say a ton coming out from here for a little bit. Mm. Yeah, April and May maybe not looking super packed. Uh, so, that, yeah, I definitely am planning to get through the rest of that one. I don't think it's exceptionally long. Uh, uh, 
you know, and, and, and I think it moves for the most part. Yeah. Also, I don't have a lot to say about this other than speaking of the list of games that I intend to keep playing. Somehow Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin is on the, there somewhere. Somehow, somehow I played more of that this I, week. As did I. Guys make it sound like it's not a good game. I, it's not a bad... I mean, uh, the combat... I'm starting to get into the combat, unfortunately. <laughs> See, that's it for me, like too, I, is that like I, I like the combat yeah. more than I thought I would. Yeah, like, I I mean, I've I've unlocked my first advanced job at this point. Like, I'm seeing how the different jobs kind of synergize together a little bit. I'm, like, really getting a feel for, like, you know, breaking all the enemies' break gauges and doing that execution move, like, crystal smashing them. And, like, I I've seen... I think we might just have to say it's in, like... It's it's don't it's, apologize. It's you just enjoy of, this great game. It's well, of, I I don't do I like it. I don't know. Well, it's okay. So uh, there there is another side to that coin, a darker side. Literally, you can't see it um, because <laughs> that game looks like ass a lot of the time. <laughs> it's not great. Like it's not it, it's not the core graphics, which are fine. Whatever. Wait, There's like a wait, weird. They, wait, they, they did a core graphics version, really? I'm just look. Look, come on. What I'm trying to say is that there is like a weird filter lighting something that is just kind of overlaid with the like just the overall visual of that game that just is dingy in a mm. way that does not look good it at looks all. Kind of last gen, I guess I would say, and like not even like a high tier last gen game. Yeah, it's just very muddy in a way that doesn't seem right. Like it feels like one of those games where like the HDR is broken. <laughs> well, I I had some of the brightness issues even when we were doing that stream with non HDR. Yeah, and um, I mean some of that could have been mismatched stuff between capture and the, I'm I'm fully willing to admit that. But I but also no, I'm just playing it on my own and I'm seeing some of that stuff too. Like I, it's, it, it's, it's not it's not about the art style. It's not about like you know any of the animations or anything like that. It literally just feels like there is a technical thing happening there that shouldn't be. But I don't think that there actually is. It's just that that's what they went for, and it looks weird. Hmm. I would, uh, that's not, I'd probably finish Ghostwire before I go back to Sopfo, but uh, I see it. I see it. Uh, no, it's I just, like, I just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm almost on board with the tone of that right, thing. Right, like, I, I just need to see the rest of what's in there. I've, like, there have been enough, enough other later game cutscenes floating around on Twitter to keep my whistle wetted. Yeah. Um, I just, I just, I I, I need to know. Like, I don't think it's a good game, but I, I think I there's think something there. I don't think it's not a good game, actually. Yeah, there it's not. A, it, it's not as bad as I thought I th it would be by any stretch. I think, like, I think that the combat, the combat is a lot. I mean, we said this last week. Like, it's yeah. fucking a lot to wrap. Your and head you were around. dead right, by the way. There was definitely a point where yeah. the the corner turns, and you're like, oh, I can't they, fuck around. They, they force you to engage with the systems because the enemies you can't just you can't damage them down necessarily in all cases. Some of them you kind of have to be doing that execution move on and getting your, yeah. your your mana up so you can do more specials and all that stuff. Um, but I kind of like the combat now. It has a decent rhythm I'm to it. Like, I think just... that, the, you know, as weird as the structure of that game is, like, I think I do kind of appreciate the fact that it's just like, go to this level, do this level. Okay, that's it. Move on to the next thing. It's, it's funny. I've, I've actually seen people talking about it. Like, uh, how can I put this? Like, they're like, oh, it's the new Team Ninja game. It's like, oh, like this is, this is, you know. I guess this is what they do is, now. Well, no, I mean, more in the context of like, oh, this is like, this is that Team Ninja combat that I know and love. You know what I mean? Like, like less a Final Fantasy game. Yeah, like kind of reminding me of like the, the Ninja Gaiden days on the original mm -hmm. Xbox of like, oh, right. Team Ninja used to be like the premier action game developer out there. And like, they still got some of those chops, I guess, when they bring it. 
I guess to me it doesn't really feel like Ninja Gaiden to me. No, but no, like, no, no. To, be, to be fair, I also didn't really play Neo, and it's, that it's, seems like the much more direct analog. I, I, I barely touch Neo just a little bit, but yes, this, this much more resembles the Neo combat system from what I know. Uh, and mission Stream- structure. Like, Neo also is very much a load missions from <laughs> this abstract menu and go get loot and then load yeah. back out. Like, it's very much that as well. But uh, uh, In case I, you missed it, that... That is Stranger of Paradise we were talking about. Uh-huh. Final Sopha. Fantasy Origin. Sopha. Yeah. So yeah, I, I listen, I want to hear more about it. I, I when I put that thing on casual, thinking I wanted to see more for the story for that stream, I found myself disengaging from yeah. it more. I think yes. that combat is is actually a hook for that game. And you need something to do because most of those <laughs> missions are like just combat, basically. It's yeah. really just get through figure out this level design that is in some cases a little clumsy and fight fight yeah, fight yeah, fight I think fight. it's fun and then this fight a boss so yeah like if you if you remove all of the nuance from that i could see it getting pretty boring to be fair that's the only part of the game that has any nuance in it so you might as well <laughs> yes. take it where you can I mean, get it that's, that's what i love about it mm-hmm. uh stranger of paradise final fantasy origin available across the board there uh just not on switch 60 bucks and then uh finally very quickly here I've continued trying to make my way across the Forbidden West in Horizon, and I'll just say I think I'm closing in on 60 hours in that game. Good lord! Still, I'm mopping it up, mopping up the Good West. Golly, just clearing up. There's a lot of a lot of robotic animals in the West. And does it feel like you're closing in on the end? No. Oh wow. Uh, okay. oh, I'm sorry. Main story wise, possibly. Okay. I don't know. The the next story mission is still twenty levels below where I am, so huh. I'm not one hundred percent sure. But um, I still have a billion icon side missions and icons to go clean up. So like, okay, um, I spent a decent amount of. So now I'm at the point where I, you know, we had those fast travel packs. Mm-hmm. I just roll around with about fifty of those because I don't even go to a campfire anymore. I'm just like, I'm just burning Hell those yeah. things because nice. it's just like, who's got the time? Don't don't uh, let big fast travel keep you down. That's yeah. right. I'm just, uh, I'm just, I, I finish a mission. I immediately open up the menu and I'm like, I'm out of here going to the next spot. Um, but it's, it's still, I really like it. I still really like it. It's probably up there near in my like favorite thing I'm playing this year. Uh, as much as I, the tone of that game still feels extremely LARPy and extremely, <laughs> extremely like, less like a civilization walked out of the, the bunker and started anew and more like there was a civilization where uh, Jen and Bill from the office tied their ties around their head <laughs> and started like, you know, running around like it's, uh. it's got that weird t- somebody. And I, okay, uh, this is not spoilery, but uh, some of the culture I know maybe dictates this from the forbidden West their 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 in-game reference points for their culture but somebody's like man we're gonna we gotta get out there and go save those guys otherwise we're gonna run out of body bags it's like what the fuck are you talking about body bags in in the forbidden west like have you ever seen a body bag like do you have like it's what the you- one concept that carried over for a thousand <laughs> years past our society who are you like did you guys watch rambo like good supply of body bags like i don't know maybe Gotta Maybe. put a body in something. I guess. I don't know. I have not seen a body bag in the Forbidden West. Uh, I've seen a culture where, you know, they bury the seed and to replant in the cycle of life, but I've not seen a bus. So it's just like weird stuff like that once in a while. That's like, well, maybe there's an in, in fiction 
you know, they have old world stuff that comes up. There are texts, there are things. Uh, and again, there are maybe in-game reference points for some of the cultures there that could be like, okay, yeah, I, I see body bag, but like, it was a weird, weird line that struck out to me, especially as a lot of the accents in that game range from like, uh, um, you know, maybe appropriate to Jersey. Yes. You know, like, I don't, I don't know if we've talked about that before, but I, even in the first like 20 hours, I definitely had a few moments where I was like, maybe the voice casting or, or even not, not even the casting, but the direction, you know, like, like voice yeah, actors all over voice actors are capable of acting when they are given the direction to do so. You know, it's like maybe, maybe the writing and voice direction should have like tried to make these the accents line up a little bit more within given cultures or regions. Like it, you're right. It does feel very kind of slapped together in that way in spots. I do feel like that is the thing that we never give enough attention to is the fact that like, like when we talk about bad voice acting in games, it's like voice direction is almost always the thing. We just never actually point at. It always stands out like a sore thumb to me. Like specifically when it's really obvious. And I mean, this is standard practice, but like when it's really obvious that, two actors were not in the same room when they were doing their lines. Yes. I mean, they never mm-hmm. are, but that's where the voice direction comes in to account for that. Where like, I, I can't think of an example or lack but, of, right? Right. Yeah. Cause there's like all these cases and like, maybe even the voice, whoever's there running the VO doesn't know or doesn't have the whole script in front of them. I mean, there's all these stories out there about like, Oh, the, was it oblivion or Skyrim? I think it was oblivion where like each voice actor got all their lines in alphabetical order. Oh yes, for I, example, where was that? Like what, was that like Oblivion? I think it was Oblivion. I mean, that's so divorced from context that of course they're not going to get it right. But like, yeah, just cases where like two people are having a conversation and the person responding to the thing the first person said like does yeah. not enunciate in a way that sounds remotely natural as a response, like stuff like I, that. I, I, to be fair, I don't find that to be the case with Forbidden West. It's, it's not what, with this. No, yeah, no, that's, that's just that's a the pet thing. Peeve that, yeah, it's one of those things about video games that just like it is it has evolved much more slowly compared to like a lot of the other advanced in video games because right. it just feels like it's an afterthought a lot in of the, the time. In this one, it was more of like um, it was like uh, like for example, I was talking to a woman whose grandmother was like kind of looking at the flowers, and she's like, "Oh, my grandmother's," like, and the grandmother's like. Will you be quiet? I'm just out here getting flowers for for back home. You you kids in your way. I'm like, where did you? In what what material reference material from the old world did you grow up with to find this accent that should have just died away? You know, I don't know, but maybe there are they they are pretty delicate with some of their lore stuff. So maybe it is in there. Maybe they're like. I mean, you know, honeymooners play, tapes or something were were found. We're playing Mass Effect Andromeda right now, a video game where <laughs> the, the alien species you happen upon all speak in either perfect British or Australian <laughs> accent. So, like, yeah. I, at a certain point, they just decide they don't care, and that's fine. Yeah. But like, I, you know, yeah. For for the most part, in 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 Horizon Forbidden West, I don't mind it because I, I actually do feel like they're threading so many needles or trying to with the way they're portraying a lot of the cultures in that thing that just flattening out the accents. Like maybe that's the best call. Maybe just going for like, Hey, we're not even going to try anything that might be somewhat offensive here. We're just going to go with, Hey, people just talk like you would have in an office. And I mean, a good way, a good way to get away from doing anything offensive is to hire people, hire actors from the cultures you are referencing. But but this is like, you know, this is a thousand years after the death of, so what is the culture even? And what are the accents? Why are they still using the same language? Why why does anyone have an accent? You can recognize the language is at least justified because they were raised by robots, right? Like the, the the kindergarten AI, the robot from Jersey. 
Like, do you yeah, I don't you, know. I, I don't know. I, I don't want to get it, too much it, it into possible. there. I guess it is possible yeah. that whoever yeah. recorded that stuff was from Jersey. They're they're um or or why uh, yeah I don't know like so, some of that stuff is probably in the lore and I, I just don't know it's just one of those things that detaches me a little bit I don't want to make mm-hmm. too big of a deal out of it it's it's just funny sometimes when you're seeing all this stuff happen like hey what are we doing over here and be like I guess I guess. and you know Aloy's Aloy's uh um kind of reaction is usually very calm mm-hmm. and very okay we're going Aloy get over here we're gonna go find some monsters and be like. Okay, I guess I'm gonna go do that now. It's just a very it's Wait, interesting. But you gotta sigh a little harder when you say that. Yeah. <sighs> I guess I better go over there. Uh, more more dinosaurs, huh? Okay. I'll go do it. Uh I, I, I enjoy that yeah, game. Yeah, I I really like that and tunic, I think, are the two things I'm gonna focus on now that we're kind of through all these releases for the most part. <laughs> yeah. I think when I'm done with Ghostwire, it's gonna be tunic and it's gonna be Elden Ring. Um Elden Ring. I don't know if I'm ever gonna finish Elden Ring, to <laughs> Elden, be honest with Elden you. Elden Ring is just getting updates at a cadence right now where I feel yeah. okay maybe stepping back from it a little bit. Like they, they That's the thing. I don't have any of the big weapons that are getting nerfed or anything, so it's not actually going to impact my experience much. Well, I mean, it's even stuff like they're adding NPC quest lines that didn't make it in by launch. Like there's oh, kind wow. of straight up content getting turned on in that game right now, so I might Maybe I should just start again with my prisoner build. Might might be okay. Um Giving that one a couple more updates. Uh, all right. That is going to do it for the games section of this here podcast. We're going to take another quick break and we'll be back with the news. Stick around. This week's show is brought to you by Express VPN. Alex Navarro, Brad Shoemaker. You're not going to walk out of the house naked, right? Not if I can help it. You're going to put your VPN on first. Yeah, of course. Of course. One leg at a time, like I always do. (laughs) ExpressVPN is the easiest way to browse safely, securely, and just better. I just used ExpressVPN. I was away on a trip. I've had ExpressVPN for a couple of years here. When I got on that hotel Wi-Fi, I slipped right into ExpressVPN. One click, very easy. Get in there, and then I was able to access the internet let's say yeah. what, what are you doing on that vacation there hmm? i was i had to access my github account uh-huh. and i was doing yes. some coding and then I'm sure I, i've used my express vpn and then vpn into my home computer likely story uh-huh and then uh i watched uh you know i watched uh some videos uh you know and it's That's fast what enough. they all it's- say it's got great speeds it was connected very easily i was even able to stream in hd problemless on the hotel Wi-Fi. And they didn't know they didn't know a damn thing. Says here you can connect to ExpressVPN and you won't even realize you have it on, which I can vouch for. It's pretty seamless. So right now, go to expressvpn.com slash nextlander and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash nextlander to get three extra months of ExpressVPN expressvpn.com slash nextlander thanks expressvpn okay we are back and it is time for the news and we're gonna lead it off with not super happy news alex navarro the game industry continues to need work and develop yeah 
Uh, we've talked, you know, certainly at length about the ongoing uh, workplace issues at places like Activision Blizzard, other AAA studios, and some indie studios as well, one of which uh, will be coming up here again uh, that we have touched on, which was Fulbright. But there was a report, uh, an in-depth report from uh, people who make games, the YouTube channel. They kind of went in the intention of kind of uncovering a little bit more about what went down specifically at Mountains, the studio that made uh, uh, Florence, a, a game that I think you and I, Vinny, liked a great deal oh, when it came out. Love that game. Is that, yeah. the, is that the game that kind of tells its story through text messages that you're reading, essentially, or through... It's part of it. It's part yeah, of it's it. a piece it's of it for of sure. Phone, phone, phone interactions, kind of. Um, it's some of it. Um, that's okay. it's not it's not it's not strictly that's that not though. It. Yeah. Oh, okay. But so that's it. that was made by Mountains, which is an Australian studio, which was headed by the designer Ken Wong. Um, the 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 story here was touched on already, I think, in the last year or two, because uh, Mountains had kind of stalled out, and a lot of that apparently stemmed from uh, workplace issues, which were very much. Uh, the, the fingers being pointed here were very much at Ken Wong and his management style. Uh, a lot of people, you know, who worked there, or a number of people who went on, rec- on record anonymously about this, went on to say that it was just a very grim work environment. You know, they felt very much belittled and kind of undermined by him over and over again, and it was difficult to kind of continue on working there. But that story then kind of ballooned out into some other stuff, including going back into the Fulbright allegations, which sort of sent around Steve Gaynor and his management and sort of you know the the churn especially of women employees at fulbright over the years and then also kind of went into detail about uh phenomena the studio that made watam uh that is the the last game from designer keita takahashi uh which i enjoyed quite a bit katamari damasi yes and it specifically centered on Robin Hunicky, who was the the CEO and, and lead there. She was also a lead producer on stuff like Journey back in the day. Um, and that one kind of comes down to Robin, again, management style and uh, her belittling employees using personal information uh, in a very inappropriate way in front of other people and just sort of making yeah. the working environment there sound pretty, pretty rotten. I, I don't think they went into examples for pretty obvious reasons right yeah but the but the, but the it's like disclosing personal information in front of other people stuff seems pretty rot there, there's, seen, there's some quotes from the video there's quotes there. from the video and i've seen some people on social media some of which were people that purported to have worked there saying specific things like you know talking about people's sex life people's you know struggling right. with gender identity that kind of stuff in a way that was just very much inappropriate <sighs> yeah and, you know, again, the reason that this is, I think, you know, important to continue bringing up is that, again, it is not just AAA studios where this stuff is happening. You know, the indie darling studios where, you know, that have made these games that are very much, you know, kind of framed in this kind of progressive light yeah. often suffer from these very similar problems. And there is actually a common thread between these three, which is Annapurna Interactive, the publisher. Um, you know, in all three cases, not, none of these studios are owned by Annapurna, but they were all you know, in publishing deals with them. And in all the cases that were cited by the People Make Games uh, video, employees reached out at various points to Annapurna to see if some kind of mediation could happen, something could change, if there's some way they could step in to try and improve the situation. And in the case of Mountains, it sounds like that very much did not happen. And in the case of Fulbright, that was a case where 
they eventually did, but it was at a point where like they had kind of reached critical mass and there really wasn't any option mm. but to step in. And obviously, yeah, like I, yeah, sorry, go ahead. If I remember, if I remember the, the Fulbright reporting from last year, that was last years? year, I think, I, think. Was, I think it was last year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like it sounded like the project and the staff was like on the verge of falling apart if they didn't do something, right? Yes, that's very much where where it so seemed to be headed. Like their hand was forced, essentially. Yeah, and I think like you said, it's when you're an employee in that situation and you're just, you just want to make the thing, right? I, I right. assume you're you, there you, to make a game that you feel very passionately about. You, you come in and you come under a pretense of this organization, what it might be about, what the values are about, it maybe is different than, you know, what you were expecting, but then you don't have a recourse, you, yeah. you know, in small companies or in, in small teams and places where, where do you go, you know, going to Annapurna or going to the publisher probably is, seems like your best bet to enact change, right? Because either this person might have a lot of uh, power, might be the owner, might be the mm-hmm. sole, you know, might be the top of the pyramid there. Uh, you know, I think, I think that gets very frustrating and you know, when you run out of recourse and you find yourself in an environment where you love what you're doing, but you have to make choices either between your mental health or the state of your well being and the thing you expected to do here and, and progress on. And you're just not getting, you don't see any pressure relief from any other outside power or a way to hold other people accountable. Yeah. Um, I absolutely, that stuff is. Uh, that those are really hard choices yeah to make and then just yeah like, oh, sorry go ahead uh, you know, like not only not only do you love what you're doing but you really hope for other people to love what you're doing right. Right? Yes. like like you're investing a lot of yourself in this work and like the toxic work environment and the story around it can overshadow the actual hard work that you're putting into the end product which is the thing you actually care about right well, well, or, the- yeah i'll just i'll just answer that and then you're 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 kind of you know, they're in, in places that seem like focus m- might not be on a team, right? Mm-hmm. On, it might be more focused on individuals. Like you're just, you've put, you've invested so much, like some of these in stories that came out of here, you invest so much of your life on this product. They're now just going to walk away and not even be able to see to completion, right? Like you're not even going to be able to see this final product and not because necessarily anything you did, because somebody who is not being held accountable is continuing to run amok and kind of, and kind of, you know, maybe destroy a culture that was once purported to be one thing is now turned into something else. Those stories really resonated in a lot of ways in terms of things we have heard, things we have experienced throughout our careers. Yeah. It's it's really, really tough to read. Well, I was just going to say, in in touching on kind of, you know, you just want to see the thing that you made out in the world and people appreciate it, there's a a secondary story here, which was uh, separate from the People Make Games video. Uh, I believe VentureBeat put this out. Uh, Talking about Moon Studios, the makers of the Ori games, uh, and kind of going into into a lot of detail about just the the ways in which uh, apparently the workplace there also suffered from, you know, issues, especially around the co-founders who in within the context of that story are very much framed as, you know, people who basically, you know, did not shy away from making offensive jokes around their employees, would sometimes belittle them in group chats, things like that. And in the in the case of, you know, the other studios, like there are at least, you know, kind of whether you agree with the apologies or think they are enough, someone someone involved in those stories went around and at least said something that was like I am acknowledging this. 
Whereas Moon Studios appears to have more or less wiped their hands of this report and saying this is not representative of the people mm-hmm. who work here. This is not the culture that we think that we have fostered and kind of gives like a, if anyone was offended, we're sorry, kind of, you know, brush off. Mm. And it's, it's rough because the details of what is being described here are maybe not quite as galling as some of the things that are explained in the, uh, regarding the other studios, but, you know, just have that kind of dismissive attitude to something like that feels kind of grimy to me. Yeah, reading reading their story, it feels like it's a lot of like a lot of inappropriate humor, a lot of like callous dismissiveness of the people doing the work, like a lot of fairly harsh and sensitive criticism, stuff like that. Yeah, and there's a comment in there, I think, from someone saying that like you know, just you know, in seeing Ori come out and people you know resonate with it, like it made them sit there and think about whether you know, like, was all that suffering worth it? And yes, there yeah, there were like two quotes. I saw, yes, there, there was one, there was one person saying that it was almost like part of their healing process to see those games come out and really move people that kind of, I mean, I think this is the wrong angle to take on it, mm-hmm. but they said like, so oh, oh, all these people clicking with the game, like maybe that made the suffering worth it in some way, which like, no, 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 like you shouldn't, it's just still shouldn't have to be that. You shouldn't way. have to internalize it that way. Um, the other one that really stuck out to me was like. I, I assume this is maybe somebody who came to the studio later, maybe after the first Ori came out. They essentially said, like, the culture here is very contrary to the, like, heartfelt, QC, emotional vibe of the games that they are putting out. Right. Oh, I, Ori does get kind of dark. In, in yeah, places. that's fair. But there is also, but like, it's dark in a way that feels like it has, you know, like a lot of heart and soul to it, and to yes. this, like it, it does feel contrary to the the portrayal that is being being given. Here. Absolutely, yeah. I'm I'm not trying to make light. I'm just, yeah. uh, I I will I will add this as, you know, a thing again from just having been around for a while. Mm-hmm. I know sometimes the response to this is people need to get a thicker skin. So, sometimes people say, kind of, hey, what's the big deal? you live and you work and you're around this stuff for years and years. And in some cases people are spending their lives at these companies, like more time with these companies than they do with their family. It's that environment will, will wear you down. And what was, what was okay in month one or year one or year three, by the time you're at year six or, or something, and you've, you've given up so much and sacrificed so much. It's not okay. It was never okay, but the, I think the tolerance for it um, is not a, a question of whether you're, you have a thick enough skin. And I think the games industry is having a lot of progress in the right direction and, and keeping these stories up in the air, I think, helps remind people that there's work to be done here. It's still a pretty nascent industry in, relative to a lot of other places. I mean, you're going to see a lot of this in you know forthcoming industries as well. The, the people that are there need to make these games. It, yeah. it is big teams. It is teams that need to be healthy. It is teams that it is not collapse after the finish line because after the finish line is another finish line. Mm-hmm. And then after that finish line, it's another finish line. So, and that kind of, that kind of life is only livable if it feels like it is not wearing you down every time, you know, you work to reach one of those finish lines. Yeah. I know a lot of times that stuff, especially in a management side or divorce from the kind of boots on the ground is like, just get through this quarter, just get Mm -hmm. through this thing, burn yourself out, just get through it and we'll be okay. And we'll reassess after. And day two after that is okay. What's next? 
Right. And it's like, I'm done. I am, I am toast right now. And it's like, well, we got to do the next thing. And I think, I think that's, I mean, look, we're, we're just now. And by now, I mean, within the last few years, kind of getting past that point where it's like borderline expected for employees to be sleeping under their desks to make sure a game gets finished, you know? If like, we're past that, you mean you still yeah, I'm, say, I'm, say, I'm saying right? that, like, at the very least, there is a light being shown on the way that games yeah. were made in a way that they were not, certainly early in my career, and I'm going to say probably for the many years before that. And, you know, that stuff is still being teased out. It's still being worked out. It's still, like, companies that say, hey, we're not doing crunch, but then end up doing crunch, you know, like, it still happens. <laughs> yeah. And likewise, these culture things, like, these culture things are not going to change overnight, but I think the bigger the spotlight you shine on this stuff, the more likely it is to make that kind of environment unacceptable. And, and managing people is a real skill. It's not a side effect of being in the person who started a company. Yeah, it's not a thing you just get to do because you're there. <laughs> yeah, it's a real skill. It is a real muscle. It is a real something you could be either very good at or very bad at. And it's a real learning experience as well. And mistakes will be made along the way. But, you know, you can make some real serious ones. And, and I, I don't know what the answer is there, you know, in terms of training or, you know, I, I, the ramp up to that, if you want to start a company, but I manage people, it's humans are hard yeah. and, and, and managing humans is harder, was harder for me than anything else I've ever done because the stakes are so much higher, you know, whether, no matter what we put out at the end of the day are the people okay, right? Like, are, are, are the, you know, the employees okay? And that's, that focus can be hard to maintain sometimes when your nose is so close to the product as well. So, yeah, uh, a lot, a lot of reading through a lot of this stuff at this stage of my career really resonated in a lot of ways of like, man, I am glad I am not 20 trying to find a job right now because those were some tough years. Uh, and we've all been there. We're all yeah. a little older, a little wiser <laughs> and on the other side of some stuff. And you guys went through a lot of stuff. Even I didn't go through a game spot of trying to burn people out and trying to uh, take advantage of kids who saying, Hey, you're just lucky to have this job. Uh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not equating all of that with the stuff we just no. covered. I'm just saying we, we have experiences that sometimes I look back and I'm like, boy, I never experienced anything like the things that are being described in these various stories when I was working at GameSpot. But, you know, like, it, I think you ask anyone who worked there, they will tell you it's like, no, you were there to be a body that filled a spot, you know, like, yeah. we are yeah. going to grind you into this thing that we need you to be. Just one more. Just yeah. do this last one. Yeah. And then it's just do this next one. Yeah. It's never. It's, it's never just one more. It's never just one. more. All right. Uh, well. I, I, again, I, I hope these things moving forward and the tall, I, I enjoy seeing that the tolerance for this stuff is not accepted anymore. Uh, yes. at least, at least I appreciate that, you know, hear, hearing the allegations, whether they are true or not puts the record needle down or the needle on the record at, you know, if these allegations are true, it's not acceptable. This isn't yeah. just the cost of making games. So, um, you know, again, keeping that ball in the air and keeping those voices up there, I think important. All right. And less, let's go less heavy from here on. Out. Yeah, okay, let's try it. Okay, what do you got? So uh, we're gonna move into this. Is this is also not happy news, but it is definitely nowhere near as uh, soul crushing. Um, so actually, I, 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 well, I'm really getting ahead of ourselves here. The <laughs> the fight the power move that has emerged out of this at the end is amazing. It's so weird, but okay. So 
Gran Turismo 7. It came out. It is a driving video game in the mold of all the other Gran Turismos. And it is a game that I, I think I'm on record here as saying it does not feel like a Forza-style horizon or uh, driving game where they are trying to just throw cars at you constantly, willy-nilly. It is a game that has a slow grind to it. They The, the good cars in that game are very expensive. Uh, and apparently they're even more hard to get now because in the last patch update, the one that came after the one that broke the game for a brief period... <laughs> uh, they have reduced the amount of money you can get from certain races in that game, which were the ones I think people were using to basically farm money to get the really expensive cars. And uh, Yamauchi is on record saying that, like, you know, we want people to play the game naturally. We want to keep our our currency analogous to what it would cost you in real-world money, which like, is a weird thing to say when you like, can actually buy real-world like, stuff with real-world money like, in that game. Straight up says that the values of the cars in the game should reflect their values in real life. Yeah. Like, in terms of, again, like, the cars you can pay real money for indirectly. But that's the thing, is that, like, this game has microtransactions, too. Like, there is definitely at least a, you know, whether they are being explicit about it or not, there is a grind in there and a push to try and get people to spend real-world money in that game. And I can totally see why this move in particular feels like it is nudging people very aggressively toward maybe trying to do that. Even if that's not what Yamuchi is saying this is about, this is what it kind of feels... It's totally understandable why people would think it is about that. Oh, yes. I can tell you the people who are into Gran Turismo that I follow were very displeased about so, this whole situation. Yeah. Um, I'm going to assume not knowing all the details, that they did not also then adjust the exchange rate for the real-world currency. No, no, no. No, they just made it harder to get it by playing okay. the game. Yeah. So the, it's not an inflation thing. They just made it harder to get it. No, no, no. It. It's, it's just kind of, it's just increasing the, like, the friction, I guess, is the best yeah, word yeah. there. Like, the amount, of, the amount of busy work you have to do to get stuff. And, like, right. maybe you would like to just give us some money That's and right. skip all of that extra work. Right. It makes the path, the the... Yeah, uh, very obvious. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, or very obviously and, uh, an easy way to construe to construe paying is the easier path than playing. Yes. But but I mean for that to be added like a week or two after the game came out is just like what are you doing? I don't know. Like, if it's shipped that way it's one thing. I mean that that's a different matter, but to roll that out this fast after the game launched, like what? And let's not forget again, the patch before the one that is currently out now straight up broke the game for a lot of people. Like yeah. it was oh, yeah, like I the didn't... online server, like it could not connect to the servers. And because of that, people could just straight up and not play the game. Yeah. I didn't realize this was a completely always online game. Like it pretty much if is. If you can't get into their servers, you cannot even like do anything in it. And it is, yeah, I, I think it, it's the two K problem. It's like the two K sports problem where it's like, like certain modes are so tied to that virtual currency that if it cannot handshake with a server, it doesn't know that you didn't steal all your money. Yeah. That's a, uh, that's a real bummer. Yeah. Uh, or is it? <laughs> So tell me a little bit about like what people are doing to uh, protest this, Brad. Because oh, I, this is amazing. Yeah, people are using the remote play app on the PC, which streams video from your PlayStation to your PC and has you plugging a DualShock into your PC with all of the intermediary PC stuff that can exist between those two. Like they're literally writing scripts. They are scripting races in that game. <laughs> they are essentially scripting controller inputs to play the same races over and over and over. Incredible. And like the one example that I saw here 
I don't know if this is somebody, I think this was somebody posting on Reddit. They are earning about $120 of in-game currency a day doing this. Oh, wow. They're literally just having the gameplay itself through remote play and earning quite a significant amount of in-game currency. That means they will essentially never have to buy cars with real money in this game. Oh my gosh. I don't know about all this. Like, it sounds completely broken well, it sounds I, to me like from the they have, they've created a very antagonistic relationship between the player yeah. base and the and the developers yes i just i just think this remote play <laughs> it's a hell of a solution uh, yeah. it really Work is around is is just incredible uh it's man uh it wasn't it was like just, there was a, a, it wasn't an exploit right it was just that the, it was no, no, off no. No, they found I mean, they I mean, felt I mean, it was I, off i guarantee you sony would tell you that it's an unintended use of the remote play. No, happened, no, no. I but, mean, the initial but, initial earning of money oh, wasn't like, oh, no, it's just that some exploit- of those races were earning, earning people more money than others. Okay. I mean, you know, like, you know, developers rebalance all the time. Yeah. Like that big Elden Ring patch just came out that nerfed a bunch of stuff people were, were just blazing through the game with. But yeah. There was not real money involved yes, in that yes, case. Yes, for sure. So, yeah. boy, oh boy. It's just amazing that a game that is so low key and so just about this vibe of like, hey, you just want some cars? Yeah. You want to just drive some cool cars? You want to drive some like that it has this level of antagonism inserted into it so soon oh, we after just want launch. You, we, we just want you to know these are premium cars. <laughs> yeah. We want you to you really want you to smell that interior. I wonder if like they you- could have gotten away with at the at that po- point of doing that patch, be like, hey, we realize we have to rebalance this economy. We are gonna give everyone X amount of in-game currency to uh, as a make good. Sorry, like, but moving forward, this is going to be the balanced economy. But here is a car or a very expensive car or something that is a. We get it, you know. It's it stinks. It's something yeah. we have or, to, we or, have to you know take it on the chin on. But right you know. or or hey, these changes will go into effect in three days. You have three days. You have right. three days. Right. Go get all your races in. Or um, or here's like. Here's like the equivalent of like 30, 20 bucks worth of currency, whatever it is. And like everybody who is, has logged in by this time will get this money in, credited into their account. I don't know. I don't know what the make good is because, you know, sometimes you're right. They have to rebalance stuff be- yeah. because of situations. But when you have real money involved, you've got to maybe take it on the chin a little bit and, and figure out a make good or the to make it right with the fans yeah. who are the people you definitely don't want to piss off, especially Gran Turismo fans that love your product that really there are some really big Gran Turismo fans out there and those are the people you do not want to make mad and I'll say I don't think going the Forza route of just like literally throwing cars at you every 10 seconds is the solution either I understand their need and their want for there to be a real progression and for unlocks to not just be coming like a fire hose but there has to be a middle ground there like you just have to let people play the game they want to play the game and again like you said with the microtransaction stuff you are towing a very thin line with that gets gets hard hard. Uh, All right, that's Grand Turismo no, it's uh, Grand Turismo. There's no D, man. Come on, come on. Did I? What did I say? You said Grand Turismo. I did not. Yes, I'm Italian. Did. I get to say whatever I want. Grand Turismo. There we go. The biggest Turismo. Yes. Um. Uh. Brad. Hmm. We've talked a lot about open world games this this mm-hmm. um this podcast. One of the biggest, we're going to talk a little bit more, actually, I'm looking at this news rundown now. We're going to talk a little bit about open world games and a couple of stories, but... Yeah, that's all they make now. 
<laughs> and the reason that's all they make is because maybe one very popular open world game, Skyrim, no, another open mm-hmm. world game, The Witcher set a bar for a lot of other open world games. Uh, what can you tell me about the future of The Witcher? Uh, CD Projekt went and formally announced that they were working on the next of The Witcher, which I don't think is any huge surprise. I know they have alluded to it in the past. Like, I think it was all but said previously, but I I, I guess the news is they are actually doing it now. Mm-hmm. Um, the other news is they're moving to Unreal Engine 5. Yeah. Which is like kind of a big deal because they've been using their own in-house engine forever. The red engine, right? Yeah, that's what they call it these days. But let's say seeing how Cyberpunk 2077 went out of the gate. Which, uh, which is amazing. I mean, that what an amazing turn... Just in terms, it, it, having followed this from Witcher One, Witcher Two, Witcher Three, Witcher Three being heralded as this technological achievement, like just beautiful, and you know the landscapes and the open world, to yeah. then Cyberpunk kind of collapsing under its own weight for various reasons, and now this announcement of like, hey, yeah, I mean, you know, Witcher Three had its issues. Everybody has their favorite roach hanging out on a rooftop <laughs> mm-hmm. moments, but like, but they were. F- fairly minor i think that game was pretty functional out of the gate and obviously you know cyberpunk was a legendary mess across the board still continues to be in some minor ways i think yeah it sounds like Um, that game is in a decent place these days but like that doesn't sort of you know make up for the fact that like the actual content underneath all those glitches was not super great either yeah and it's probably worth pointing out they say in this little announcement they flat out say um they're not abandoning cyberpunk I mean, the way they put it is Red Engine, the technology which powers Cyberpunk 2077, is still being used for the development of the upcoming <laughs> Cyberpunk expansion. So they've managed to sneak a little thing in there saying like, hey, we're not done with Cyberpunk. That's We're not moving we're this whole game stuff. to Unreal 5 because we can't do like, that. Well, no, definitely not. But also, you know, they're just like, hey, we're still doing the stuff we said we're going to do for that game. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a quote elsewhere from, my, from one of the leads at The Witcher, or I mean, at The Witcher, at, at CD Projekt about... Like the stuff you'd expect, but like with the cyberpunk fiasco, it's a little more pointed of like, hey, having a common base of technology, like having a lot of these technical decisions kind of set in stone already before we even start Mm. having like a predictable roadmap working with an engine partner or licensor is going to be huge for kind of the (laughs) technical stability of our games. I mean, they didn't say that part, but you you know, yeah, Yeah. that's the implication or or time saver, Um, I'm sure in terms of that too, that too, but they actually kind of come out and say something that is. I think probably implicit in a lot of licensing arrangements, which is that they're one of the bigger ones. And so they probably have a little more hmm. pull I was gonna, with Epic in terms of roadmap and feature requests and stuff like that. I was going to ask you about that. Cause in the announcement, there's a decent amount of at least a paragraph that kind of goes into their strategic partnership with, with Epic uh, or unreal engine five being the, the thing there. What do you make of yeah. that in terms of the back and forth as, you know, Witcher being, again, this franchise, and at least in Witcher 2 and 3, something that people look to, and CD Projekt Red had this reputation of their games are going to look amazing on PC, at least. In, you know, yeah. maybe. And, they're, and they're huge. I mean, they're like, and they're huge. I last I checked, they're like more valuable than Ubisoft. They're like one of the most valuable studios in Europe at this point. Um, so like even, even just financially, like they're going to have a lot of pull with Epic. And eyeballs on it, right? So right. Do, do you... I was going to ask you, what do you think about this on the Epic side in terms of getting Unreal Engine 5 out there into a game, a marquee game that does Epic need that or they don't, they're, 
I mean, they're going hard on recruiting at this point, it seems like. Like, they they really want to get Unreal 5 out there and in as many places as possible. And, I mean, this is a pretty big marquee signing as far as that kind of stuff goes. For sure. And I'm trying to think if there are a lot of... There are not a lot of, like, true open-world games on Unreal, are there? Like, I can't really think of any that are, like... Does that Matrix demo count? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, but, you know, actually, I think that, that probably was, like, part of the point of that tech demo, mm-hmm. actually, was to get out there and say, hey, here is a giant city environment in Unreal. Here's what our I mean, tool set looks like. Um, here's what you can do with it. I mean, those were right. some of the... Um, overlay stuff right like here's crowd dynamics and right and, and stuff like that yeah so having having like one of the most prominent open world franchises out there on your engine is probably a, a nice feather in your cap not that like they need it necessarily i mean unreal is gigantic as it is but, yeah um what's the state of unreal 5 is there is there anything that we know of slated to come out on unreal yeah 5? there's stuff i could pull up a list real fast uh nothing is shipped on it except for um that Matrix demo, <laughs> right. I believe, is the only thing out there you can really play with. Uh, let's see. What are some Unreal 5 games? Hellblade 2 is on Unreal 5. Okay. Um, see it. Let's see. Is, is this right? Stalker 2? Hmm. Stalker, I think I can I see think that. Stalker 2. I think Stalker 2 is actually Unreal Engine 5. Um, Redfall. Okay. okay. Assuming these lists I'm finding are reliable. <laughs> okay. Um, doo, 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 Does Fortnite make it to Unreal 5? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, or is there a Fortnite The version? next Fortnite. Yeah, yeah. Version 1.5 or something. Uh, not a lot of announced stuff that I've heard of so far. Okay. But, I mean, you know, the engine is is like... I think it's only been available to developers fully for like a year and change. This, Yeah, because this very much read to me once I got to the part of the partnership stuff of, oh, we're going to see a lot of The Witcher once we hit production and the power of Unreal 5 trailers when we see this. Like, hey, today we're going to show off The Witcher 5's uh, group dynamic stuff only available in Unreal 5, right? They're like, hey, we're going to show off reflections and day-night cycles in The Witcher whatever they're calling it in the power unreal five allows us to do whatever, whatever, whatever X, Y, Z. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, not to get too into it, but like the, 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 like a giant outdoor open world game like this is like a fantastic showpiece for nanite, that virtualized geometry thing they're doing where there's essentially no more pop in level of detail mm. anymore. Yeah. As you see, yes, an environment like the, just the, the far distance is, is the high detail thing always, you know, like you're just kind of freaking all of your high res assets into the game directly like that that is going to be pretty rad for a big open world like this and if you know having heard a lot of these stories over the years of from developers and things there's a there is a back and forth flow of information when you're breaking ground on engines where information from cd project red will flow back in and they will get that red hotline into uh the unreal dev team to say hey we're trying to do this do you have, oh, we'll build you a tool to do this. You know, like, right. we, oh, okay. And that now makes it into some other version of Unreal 5 that another developer can use uh, if they so want. It is my understanding. Again, not a developer, but have talked to you a decent amount where those kind of things do go back and forth where if you have that hotline, they will actually help build tools to, you know, make those things possible. Sp- speaking yeah. as someone whose only development experience was working at a studio that used a proprietary engine, let me tell you that comes with a whole host of other problems. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, if you look at just the scope and complexity of the worlds that CD Projekt is trying to build, just in terms of simulation and stuff, like having underlying tech just kind of figured out, yeah, or a so whole team, focus there. On, yeah, focus on the game part is 
probably a pretty big deal for them, again, <laughs> looking at how Cyberpunk turned out. Yeah, as long as those, that tool set is reliable and the customer service is reliable, like, yeah, there's a lot of benefits to that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've always heard that the, the reason that Unreal became the standard that it is is because the tool chain and the support were so good early on. Yeah. And, and you absolutely do not want the Witcher to come out, whatever version it is, and people look at that as a marquee Unreal 5 engine game and have it have the problems that have plagued something like Cyberpunk or not have it scalable down to older consoles or scalable around. Sorry for the noise upstairs. Nah, it's fine. What is going on up there? But I will say that, like, very much the vein, the way we sort of half joke about the fact that, like, Bioware can absolutely not afford to fuck up Dragon Age or Mass Effect. They cannot afford to fuck up a Witcher. It's just they can't do it. Not, Not with where they are now. Yeah, well, I mean, in terms of Epic wanting to be yeah. like, hey, we need to have this, at least on the tech side, airtight. Yeah. Um, or so both, I'd say on both sides. Like, I think this is a case where it's like, neither, yeah, like you said, neither can afford it. Um, and if it seems weird that we, that's what we're talking about mostly for this Witcher announcement, there's not a lot of other meat there in terms of narrative or what they're doing with the Witcher franchise. I personally have no clue where they're going to go story-wise with this because... That narrative with Siri and uh, Geralt has kind of run its course, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. I tried to, I tried to find it. I couldn't find direct quotes, but I'm pretty sure they've implied in the past that any future Witcher games would not focus on Geralt. I'd have to. I mean, could only um, I do can, prequel I stuff. I think at that point. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't confirm that. But maybe they're gonna do anyway. um, the TV series. They're gonna go back. They're gonna figure it all out. They're gonna they're gonna squash all the beef. Um, and they're going to figure it out and go back to the books. And then they're going to get, uh, what's his name to, to take over the voice acting, uh, Henry Cavill. Right. That would uh, be kind of a bummer. I mean, he does a great impression of the video game. I think girls. that would be shit. That's a shit decision. Yeah, Don't do that. that, that but would, yeah, that they're, they're not going to do that, but have Henry Cavill as a, uh, as either the horse or as yes. another character in the game. Put him in the game. Yes. Have him play Roach. Yes. Yeah, uh, just just one one. It's totally fine in the Witcher universe. You have a lot of weird potions and stuff. Have a thing where the character, well, whatever the horse is, because if it's not Roach, if it's not you know Geralt or whatever, but have a thing where an animal gets drunk and it's Henry Cavill with a with a mustache, uh, because you're on some kind of mushrooms or potion or something. I mean, animals talk all the time. It's fine. Listen, call me. We'll figure it out. Uh, all right. What else? Oh, this next one just makes me sink into my chair a little bit you want to talk about yeah, i don't know it's yeah. another another story out of gdc that ubisoft uh ubisoft has given a talk about their new cloud infrastructure that they're calling scalar that like all the headlines even on this like gamesindustry.biz story which is very matter of fact ubisoft scalar cloud technology aims for larger game worlds <laughs> and smoother development but i mean you know like the the sneering headlines write themselves right mm-hmm. about Ubisoft making even bigger games. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, when you drill down into the story, it sounds like some kind of interesting tech that actually sort of harkens back to like the original Xbox one infinite power of the cloud mm. marketing mumbo jumbo. You remember that stuff? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, like this is kind of that it's very much just like, Hey, let's move a bunch of these systems that run open worlds into cloud compute, which granted cloud compute is light years beyond where it was in 2013. So this is probably a lot more feasible, but like there's some interesting stuff in here talking about them being able to like update their games without issuing local patches, without making you patch your local install of the game because they can just update a lot of the systems on their end. Um, 
basically stuff like that, like kind of, you know, move simulation beyond what a single console or piece of hardware can handle. What, 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 I'm sorry, but if I'm, this is a Luddite take on this, but what would that mean for the two games that are, are, are able to be played offline now? Like the two, the two existing games in the world. Probably, that you- probably, probably nothing. Yeah. You'd have to be connected to play even single player games for stuff like this. But I mean, that seems to be the case for the most part for anything yeah, that, at this point. That, that, anyway, that not to say sailed. that's a good thing, but yeah, that, that, that ship sailed for better or worse. I think. Yeah. We uh, don't live in a perma connected society. There's always things that can throw wrenches in that. So like even as, as far as the tech itself may have come, we are still relying on an infrastructure that is not reliable enough to guarantee that. Like like some of the some of the old quotes, some of the lines from this game's industry story that sort of encapsulate the points they gave sound pretty interesting. Like for players, this will translate to larger game worlds, which again is easy to sneer at. <laughs> um, but larger game worlds with a higher number of concurrent players and potentially more scope for persistency, so their actions have a more permanent impact on the world. So uh-huh. like stuff like that actually sounds cool. Mag. Um, was it Mag? What was it? Massive, massive action game. Yeah, massive action game. The time is now. <laughs> One of the most amazing titles ever for video game. <laughs> Mag. Um, uh, what's, so what was it? Crackdown that said it was going to use like Azure? Yeah, crack, or crackdown was the Crackdown was the infamous example of like, oh, we're going to do all the physics in the cloud. It'll be fine. Okay. And then A, that game took <laughs> forever to come out and B, Super did not do that as far. I think it did in the multiplayer mode, which... People played for about six hours. Yeah. After it came out. Listen, it's, uh, uh, I, you could have a giant bowl of cereal. Mm-hmm. I'm here with you so far. Uh-huh. Or you can have a what small if- bowl of cereal. Okay. Mm-hmm. But if you put the same contents into either bowl, which would you rather have? I don't want a giant bowl of cereal with a millimeter of cereal in it. I'd rather have a little bowl filled up with that nice uh, uh, cereal. I want to dig into that cereal. I don't want a if, shallow cereal experience. What if you had a bowl of cereal, but they poured the milk in a data center in Sacramento? I don't like data center milk. Is that, is that where the... I, know, I don't like, want... Yeah, no, I want it's my... Way, it's too warm. I want my local milk. No, I, what Ugh. I'm saying is like, if, if the content is super shallow, it doesn't matter what you put in there, right? Like, Yeah, if, for sure. If it's, a, yes. if it's an open world it's, that it's... Yes, this is... Uh, Unless, unless you're talking flight sim, in which case, yeah, I mean, that stuff seems to be awesome. Like, go pull yeah, landscapes like, that are great. Yeah, flight simulator is a good example of, like, cloud compute and remote data sets or whatever they're doing that actually, like, massively enhanced a game. Yeah, like, make a make a better. giant world. That's great. But, like, when yeah. you're in a world running around looking for interesting things in your world, that's where the human... Man, well, for sure. For yes. now, like, this is Damn. this is this is them solving tech problems. Like the yeah. the laundry list open world icon thing is is, is a design problem. Yeah, that will never that's, be that's, solved. Which that's that takes creativity to solve as well as ingenuity. Yeah, like nobody like the things that we wish you had. What is it like? Uh, um, you know, it's give the players what they think they want, uh, or sorry, give them what they want, not what they think they want. Like you don't want a world where it takes you real time to walk anywhere. Because that nobody wants that. Yeah. Like, yes. oh, we modeled all of Ireland, and it takes you yes. just as long to get there. And it's like, n- no, you know what? That sounded cool, but no. Okay, you're right, but also I do actually want a game where you can drive a truck in real time across all of Ireland. Do you? Yes, but I'm an idiot, so don't <laughs> listen to me. 
me do wanting that does not mean that. that I think most people oh, should okay. want I'll that. Go back. I think there are more people than you think out there would totally be into you that. You know what? I'll go back to the flight simulator thing. I think that's a valid case. In the, in the sim world, like a flight simulator or something, valid. Like, can you put time compression on? Sure, if you want to. Yes. Sure, if you want to. Uh, but that's a sim thing, right? You're mm-hmm. simulating a real world thing. You don't want to do that in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. You don't want to run across all of England as a Viking and, you know, like have to boat for three hours just to get to the next hamlet. Or like, here's my side quest. It's going to take me three days of gameplay to get to that side quest. I hope I brought rations, you know, mm-hmm. to so I don't starve. I, I'm all for new systems or whatever. It's just one of those Ubisoft doing it. You could not have picked a company that is the most, I think you said, Brad, easiest to sneer at for saying right. open world stuff because yes. we are facing down open world barf in volumes we have never faced down before. Uh, I can't wait, though, for the, the AI side quest and AI generated dialogue side quests to come up. Oh, boy. That's oh where boy. I'm going to start tuning Dude, we- back in. I've, I've I've been thinking about that lately. Like we can't be that many years away from just straight up machine learning driven Side automatic quest. automatic dialogue generation. Yes, because I think we're already at the part where uh, machine driven AI generation of some of those quests exist. Yeah, but when you yeah, start Bethesda's, getting into the dialogue, yes, yes. yeah, Bethesda has been doing like radiant quests or whatever they call them yeah. for since at least I think Fallout Four, but if not Skyrim, but. Uh, I I am just like bracing for the the first game where like oh the entire main plot is voice acted by real humans yes the rest of the, the dialogue yes. is done by a neural net I, I, but on the fly for your for your yeah, particular game and like you're just yeah. like I was playing my game the other day and the, the guy gave me a quest and just said you know uh, go suck my toe or <laughs> something weird that's just like. You know, it just happens. It just happens. I don't know. The, the computer hiccuped and it got a got a bad run there. Or like people being like, you know, if you run around in circles a lot, uh, somebody will be like, uh, I got the runs and you need to go, you know, do whatever. Whatever happens where people are manipulating the AI to drive the AI quest dialogue, that's going to be real fun. We all, we all know what's actually going to happen. They're just going to get really racist. Yeah, that's true. It seems. Yes. And turn into crabs. That's yeah, the, that is, uh, that that's is, the yes. end. Yes, that is the unfortunate lesson of letting any computer <laughs> run under its own power. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's, with humans involved. Sadly, it just, it just, yeah. Uh, all right, so that uh, brings us to nearing the end here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, last couple things, real quick. In uh, television, certainly not responding to any recent goings on mm-hmm. of any kind whatsoever, has put out an unboxing of their product, the Amico. Uh, which shows what appears to be a functional video game console. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Can you buy it yet? No, no, absolutely not. (laughs) Okay. Will you ever be able to buy it? Who knows? It's a Uh, very normal video. Yeah, it's very... Subdued. Kind of, yeah, it's fairly chill. Do you think the lack of a Tallarico factor has maybe reined some of that stuff in? They they do mention Tommy Tallarico. They they mention Tommy Tommy at one point. When they're going through the language options and they're like, oh, they're Italian, Tommy's favorite, for example. Uh, I, I don't know. That thing, that thing I, whatever, you can watch the video. It looks, I mean, what did y'all think? It, look, it looks very Wii-like to me. Uh, like that. It, do, it doesn't seem particularly interesting in any way to me, but I guess the, the actual interesting thing is that they showed a device that works. 
like proof of life yeah. style. It, it appears to be functional when they go through a bunch of the system menus. Like they show off some of the games. I did not realize what do they call Dyna Blaster, I think is the name of their straight up Bomberman clone. Like, <laughs> the big head. They cloned yeah. Bomberman, man. Yeah. Like, holy crap. I mean, yeah, it would have been more surprising if they didn't just clone a bunch of games, like, you they know. Really just cloned Bomberman. But anyway. Um, the UI to me, I, listen. Easy to be coming off the other story. Easy to be snarky, but um, some of it's warranted. The UI has a look of like somebody who got like a fan made Plex UI or something like, or like somebody who went too far in a uh, um, you know, uh, launch box or something, and like an emulator thing that was like, check this out. There's like little TV screens and animations and these balls, and it's like, you know, you got very excited. I I kind of want function over a lot of the animations and stuff. This seems like a UI that's going to chug in about six months as you. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Like the little keyboard on the screen on the controllers has the look of like a bad knockoff Android keyboard. <laughs> like it's not styled all the way. Not. Well, I mean, it's not. Is, did they say it's final product or, or they say no. this is still prototype? I don't think so. Because I it's mean, an unboxing. Say, it's like a. I mean, they, they straight up say, hey, this one's got European box art because we're sending it to our head of product in Europe <laughs> to give demos with or something like that. I mean, it's definitely. Definitely still very early. I don't think they completed that round of funding that they launched mm. a while back, which all indications were like uh, the fate of the company was hanging on that funding. But anyway. But uh, it, my two cents is an exceptionally normal video. There's some focus group yeah, stuff in it. Like, it's like very, yeah, you know, I, for me, this thing holds very little appeal, even from yeah. watching a, what they, if this is their perfect vision of what this thing should be, it even still does not hold a lot of personal value for me. Yeah. yeah, it's. I mean, yeah, it is what it is. But but as a meta story, it is fascinating to watch whatever this is. I will give them happening. due credit if they actually ship a product to people who paid for this thing. If they manage to do that and that product is not like dog shit broken, then I will eat some of my words and say, all right, you did that thing. I don't want this, though. There's nothing in this for me. I think I would only want this in the most kind of cynical collector way possible as a thing that I think would not be readily available to like, Oh, there will be a hundred of these in the, like, like the Halcyon. Like this will I be would, a thing. I, I would say if you're entertaining the purchase of an Amico, think about how you would feel right now about owning an Ouya. <laughs> like if, if, if you want to feel about the Amico in like five years, how you feel about the Ouya right now, then maybe get an Amico. I, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe that'll be the thing that's just like, hey, here's how to turn your Amico into a, a sick router. <laughs> or like, here you could flash this thing and put uh, a thousand Coleco in television yeah, games on that's there. That's right. That's right. It's going to turn my Amico into a pie hole. Yes. <laughs> it's all of a sudden become a fantastic other device. I need a third one, it turns out. So <laughs> here we go. Um, all right. Yes. All right. Somebody, somebody take this last story. I cannot do it. Uh, I don't understand. I still think this is a fake story, and I, nope. I refuse to believe this is That's, real. Should, should go enter that contest and find out. Uh, they have Sonic the Hedgehog 2 custom Xbox controllers, which, okay, I don't want to sound like an idiot more than I already usually sound like an idiot, mm -hmm. but in the pictures and in the stuff, they are fuzzy. Yes. They made, no, they made, hair, they made hairy controllers. Nobody would release this. This has to be, they, a, this is disgusting. They made hairy Xbox controllers. Okay, you know that Warner Brothers cartoon character, the big yes. fuzzy red monster thing? Yeah, that Marvin okay. the Martian is... Yeah, yes. what if that guy was an Xbox controller? That's... Yeah, sure. What, what, if, sure. what if your Xbox controller could double as shag carpeting? 
You know what? It, make, it makes me think of those bits in Ren and Stimpy when, like, they would zoom in on something to really, like, a really high quality <laughs> Yes, yeah. like, to a disturbing degree. Something, and you saw that there were a bunch of, like, sores and hairs on it. I, That's what made this makes me think of. Controllers should not have hair. This should not have any fabric on it. It's like, there, there's a line in here that says, the textured coatings reminiscent of the, quote, bristly texture of hedgehogs in the wild. Isn't that mm. a very uncomfortable? I don't know. I've never petted a hedgehog. Uh, Boy, so I wonder, I wonder if they're going to send these out to influencers. I just controllers to me are a thing that you buy and you're like, Oh, I wish they wouldn't just make the white one because it's going to get super gross and filthy. They're a thing that is are disgusting by nature. It's just a thing we have to live with. They get gross and having a, like some kind of fabric on there really makes me wonder I mean, I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's not any organic material. I just hope it doesn't smell like a koosh ball. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want that. No, I want that. I, I don't just, want that. I hope it doesn't shed. Like, are these glued <laughs> on there? Are you gonna have to brush it? Are you? <laughs> are you have to give it a bath? Are you gonna have to give these controllers a bath? <laughs> In the summer, is it gonna get uh, I mean, hedgehog hair all over fucking, my couch? God damn it! Sometimes the controllers just want to go out and roll around in horse poop all the time. <laughs> and I'm like, you just you have to you have to wash them after that. Are are like strands of this going to get caught underneath the B button in a way that's like, oh, this stinks! Like there's a, the throw on the B button got off because there's hair underneath it. I just don't. I don't know. feel like they have thought this through. I mean, it's it's listen. I'm not here to not have fun. Mm-hmm. So that's what made me think this was an. It, it, we are so close. We're literally days away from April first. Is this a real thing? I think it's a real thing. I think uh, it's a real thing. I think I think it is a real thing that they will. It is a marketing stunt that they will make good on in some limited fashion. Do will they Same. only ever come with this console? This, uh, this version. Okay, absolutely. Don't put hair on controllers. I just I don't know how else to say it. And it's only that it's only this is Xbox. We should say it, it comes with this Xbox Series S that has Knuckles and Sonic on it. Yeah, I mean, yes, they also did a custom console, but you know, but not an Xbox Series X. This is uh, yeah. this is the S. Yes, they know Sonic. The S. They is know for Sonic. which they know which console Sonic rates. And there's a blue one and a red one. Uh-huh. Um, I want to touch one of these because I just want to know. Mm-hmm. But like. My filthy Cheeto hands should never go near this. Also, I might feel the same way I do about glitter. Like, is this is going to be sh- weird plasticky bristles all over the place that you'll never get rid of in your game space? Everything about this strikes me as poorly thought through and will not result in anything good. What if it's awesome? What if we wind up with I, aftermarket I was, little koozies? I then I will eat the hairy controller. <laughs> I was going. I was going. I almost made that comment earlier. What if? What if the five people who get their hands on these things come out and they're like, "Oh my god, it's the it's the most lush con- controller yeah. experience I've ever had." Like I can hold this thing for hours and like There's no idea what you're missing. It warms your hand. It's great. It feels fantastic. It doesn't feel like a nightmare or that you're constantly strangling like a small animal. It is. It is. It is great. And like after an intense Elden Ring session when it's sopping wet, um, mm. it's just fan- it smells so good. It mm. just smells great. Do you just pour a little tough acting to on that controller? And oh you're just, God, <laughs> you're just good right. to go. Okay, you just right. you talk up and you get a good grip on that firm grip on there, and you're just mm, ready to go. That's it for news. Yep, that's it. Nowhere to go from here. Oh, these controllers! Another week where it's a shame we don't have. 
custom thumbnails for the podcast because I had the same thought. Go look it up, folks. I yes. still am not 100% convinced it's real. That is going to do it for this week's podcast. We had a lot of fun here today uh, talking about video games, including uh, video games uh, such as Ghostwire Tokyo coming out Friday, Tunic, uh, A Little Stranger of Paradise, and also some Horizon. I will say if you skipped around, I do not believe we delved too much into spoiler talk in any of those categories. No. So if you want to no. revisit those or think about it, even in, in the Tunic category, which was very hard to talk about without spoiling, we found a way. Found a way. Uh, so if you want to go back and check those out now that we're on the other side of it, I think you're safe. I think you're safe. Obviously, if you don't want to hear anything, skip around. Um, what else? Oh, and then we had, you know, obviously the news portion, which was not as fun in some portions. But then we got to the then we got song. to Harry controllers. Then we got so. to the Harry controllers. So, you know, there you go. We contain multitudes. It's a weird industry, folks. I want to thank everybody for listening and supporting us. You can support us by going over to nextlander.com or to patreon.com slash nextlander. There on the Patreon, we have different tiers. You can find a tier that is right for you. Any tier supports us and gets us uh, making the content that we make and are happy to make and uh, very thankful for the support that allows us to do it. And by listening and watching and spreading the good word, you also help us continue being Nextlander. So thanks again to everybody. Really uh, appreciate it. I'm so happy to be able to do this. And everybody listening and making that possible has my thanks. One of the tiers on the Patreon, the Mysterious Benefactor tiers, gets a shout out, a special mention on this podcast. And Alex Navarro, are you ready to read those names this week? Oh, I think I am. All right, take it away. This week's mysterious benefactors are Lerganus, No One, Vinny's Giant Booga Boogas, Nelson LeBlanc, James Smith, Skywarp, John Hubbard, Sean Miller, Jack Einicker, Nick Donegan, Evan Cook, Mark Wilhelm, JM, Jerry Lee, Gary Pejsky, Conrad Kuzman, Robert Fisher, John McInnes, Hashtag Buddy Crimes, Peter Reardon, Thomas Lynn, Jad Rita, Statics, Andrew Jackson, Bacon Monk, Chris Barkhurst, Anders Buga, Devin Maestro Hall, Brian Murphy, Kevin Villato, Randy Duax, Mark Allenbach, Aaron Gonzalez Beer, Andrew Tiebkin, It Me JP, Edward Cheek, Andrew Slosky, Steve Lynn, Richard Welsh, aka Hired Noobs, Matthew Herrig, David Campos, and Tyler Treese. And thanks again to all our mysterious benefactors and all of our patrons. Thank you. Yes. Again, you can so go much. to uh, uh, patreon.com slash nextlander. Find a tier that's right for you. Next, uh, uh, coming up next week-ish. Next week-ish? Next week-ish, we will have our Planorama. And we are planning on, we are planorama-ing to do that uh, video again so um, that was a lot of fun to build the tools to do that. And to I, I think that just works so much better as video as well. So seemed if you to, want seem to work well. Yeah. yeah. If you want to check that out, look for that coming up, get in the Patreon and look forward to that. That's where we go over uh, the month's releases coming up. And that will be for April. And you can check that out next week coming up. Sign up today. 
if you missed it, we had, I mentioned before, earlier in the show, Ghostwire Tokyo. We have a stream that is archived now. You can go check that out. Pretty good sampling of the game. I think a pretty good showing there. Thank you, Alex. Mm-hmm. Um, last week, we had uh, uh, Sapfo. You can go check Sapfo. that out if you're curious about that. That's uh, Stranger of Paradise. Uh, and we also uh, showed off a little bit of Tunic. Uh, from the stream last week. This Friday, we're going to be showing off Kirby. Kirby's got a game. Don't it's forget it. about Kirby or his no. Forgotten Land. No. Uh, Kirby's going to be out there chewing it up. And then uh, we have uh, this week, if you want to tune in. What are we doing this week? This week, we have... Oh, Mass, Mass Alex. Mass, yep, Mass yes. Alex. Ah. Ah. No, that's a different show. No. That's legally distinct. <laughs> that's right. Alexy Quest. Uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. We maybe we should have just named that stream legally distinct Mass Effect stream. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alex Navarro continues his quest in uh, the Alexy mm-hmm. to go, uh, uh, I don't know what you're doing now, terraform planets. Uh, you're about to go into one of those crypts. What do they call them? Vaults. 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 Going into more vaults. Mass Effect Andromeda. Go check it out. We'll be doing that on Thursday. All right. I think that's going to do it for this show. Thank you, Alex, and thank you, Brad. Thank you, Benny. We'll be back next week. Hey, haven't said it in a while, but it seems like the right time. If it's your birthday, happy birthday out there. Got a lot of birthdays coming up. Uh, See everybody. Take care. Be safe. Talk to you next week.